Blog Talk Radio. Few 
dudes to run, but they medulas ain't sharp, man, they so soft. Don't be thrown off, any so lost. Avoid them at all costs, like raccoons or skunks. But back to the regular scheduled program. The program is sponsored by Seven Heaven. What else in hell can you get an open line to heaven at 11-11? Emerge at the other end of those meditation portals and elevated walk tools, even some abort tools. Any questions, comments, or concerns, press one. To everyone else, thanks for attending another session. I'm pleased to teach, but it's an honor to learn. Certainly, courtesy of KTL University. Oh, please don't be frightened. I'm terribly sorry about this. You are. Peace, peace, peace to you and yours, peace to you and yours. This is Noveless Radio. You are now rocking with the best. Yes, indeed, this is your host, Brother Blue Pill. Very soon to be joined by my co-host, Brother Red. Hi, family. Welcome back to another monumental episode of KTL Radio. All right. We definitely have a... uh, historic treat for you on this evening. Actually got a double header, you know what I'm saying? Um first half of the show is going to be Healing Crystals and Sacred Geometry featuring our brother Ross Ben and our other brother Left Loving. Okay? And then from the ten thirty hour and beyond we're gonna have our brother irritated Jeannie here. Okay, talking about fighting child abuse. All right. So it's going to be a monumental double header. All right? So just sit back and relax. Let me open up the chat. Chat room should be open in a second now. All right, there we go. Chat room is open, family. Is open. I'm a co-host who's in the building. Call us from the three four seven six five zero. Peace. 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 to the family. Welcome to Northern Edge Radio. It's your co-host, brother Red Pill. Reporting live and direct. Uh huh. What's good? Yeah. Peace, my brother. Oh man, nothing. Slow motion. You know. Better than no motion. Slow motion yeah, better than no motion. Right now, huh? I said slow, slow motion, motion better than no motion. Slow motion better than no motion. You know, I'm out here in Harlem um, in the lab right now. I'm out putting together some orders for my Kings County customers. Shout out to y'all. You know, pulling in them late now, late late uh, late night hours with the fam over here. But uh, you know, we here, man. I'm happy to be here, man. 
Yeah, shout out to everybody that's joining us tonight. Definitely a special shout out to everybody that joined us on Friday's show because that one right here, that was that was it right there. You know what I'm saying? I said to Zaza Ali, Professor Griff, that whole camp right there. You know, shout out to y'all. Um, shout out to the sister for putting on uh, Monumental Show. You know what I'm saying? Entitled No Compromise. You know, because there's definitely no compromise. I got a lot of phone calls and big ups over the weekend from um, listeners who said that that show spoke to their hearts and did something for them that they needed at this point in time. No doubt. No doubt. No doubt. That was definitely my program. Um, I love the energy from that program. We got getting a lot of feedback as well, you know, throughout the weekend. A lot of people appreciated that. They wanted us to bring uh, Zaza back, you know. And um, they're right, though. Even afterwards, yeah, you know. They're right, Zaza. They're right. They're right, Zaza with a Z. Not Zaza, boy. Yeah, got that right, though. I never seen Zaza. Don't put that on me. You trying to hop behind the voices now. I, I was you. <laughs> yeah. But you know, um post conversations, you know what I'm saying, when when you're able to, to go to sleep with the conversation continuing in your head and you wake up and the conversation is still continuing in your head, it's a lot of things that you're like, damn, I should have asked for this but we could have went there. So just based on a series of conversations that I was having throughout the weekend, shout out to my brother, Brother Rich, you know what I'm saying, the Underground Railroad. We take another segment out in Brooklyn for the ongoing series that we're doing on this Underground Railroad YouTube station, which is called Win in Rome. So yeah, I was at parents for those conversations, and I was fielding questions from people in the audience, which is actually, you know, people in the street. Um, and this you know, phone calls that I was getting throughout the weekend and people commenting on the commentary of not only, you know, Friday's discussion, but some of the discussions that I've been able to open up on the Win in Rome series, I have a line of, of some very um, straightforward but, but, but controversial questioning that I have to ask uh, our sister Zaza Ali. And not nothing about, you know, this, this personally controversial but just some topics mm-hmm. dealing with the, uh, you know, the relationship dynamic of our people, you know what I'm saying, the social mm-hmm. dynamic, the, um, you know, the, 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 the skin preference, the hair preference, a lot of things that are registering and, and came to the forefront that I wish I had more time, you know, to prepare to access directly on the show. But I'm sure that uh, we will get the opportunity so yeah, I might I mean, do some live with her. You know how you could be a legend? Building. How's you that? You could be a legend. To show up to the lecture on Sunday with a camera in hand and those what questions written out. What I'm sorry. Said. Said, yeah, if you would have let me finish, you know what I'm saying, oh, without, without being my, my press bad. agent, yeah, I would have told you ah. exactly what you said, yeah. I'm going to show up with a camera with some questions in hand. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to interview her, you know what I'm saying, on the spot. You know what I mean? And we'll get some live footage of Zaza. Because, you know, people love Zaza. You know? Yeah. 
And I think that her uh, really straightforward approach, she, she can lend some clarity to a lot of the murkier subjects that, you know what I'm saying, the cloud of people's judgment about what's going on in uh, male-female relationships and just the way that, you know what I'm saying, not only that uh, other people perceive us, but we perceive ourselves. Feel me? Me, yeah. I got I got questions. I need some clarity about some things. You know, yeah. it's always good when we can get our sisters to give us a heads up. You know, I mean, the mind of the shout out, shout out to uh, shout out to Zaza, shout out to Professor Griff. Again, family, they're gonna be. In the building, all right, they're going to be in New York City this upcoming weekend on Sunday at the National Black Theater, all right? Yeah. And along with mm-hmm. uh, tonight's guests as well will be in the building, Irritated Genie, and they're also going to have the, uh, the esteemed elder, Baruti. All right, the name of that lecture is The Six Sexual Assault on Our Children Must Stop. All right, so that's Sunday, September 28th, 2014, at National Black Theater. Doors open at 2 p.m. So you got Griff, you got mm-hmm. Zaza, you got Susie, and you got the Genie. All right, and there's also going to be a live performance by the United Front. Tickets, I believe, are uh, my brother's Ambassador O. Brother Bomani and them, Bomani, straight legends. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love what they're doing with that, uh, with their genre of hip hop. You know what I mean? It's definitely something that uh, the family would benefit if they uh, were to tap in and to tune into what these brothers are bringing to the table. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, 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 yeah. yeah. So on the head count, it's um, $20 a head family. The youth are free. From the ages of zero to seventeen years old before three PM. Alright? So bring the family out. Doors open at two. National Black Theater, twenty thirty three Fifth Avenue, one twenty fifth, between one twenty fifth and one twenty sixth. Alright? Temple building. Alright? Yeah. Definitely, definitely, definitely wanna be in the building for that, you know. I'm back in New York. I'm, I'm loving the atmosphere, but, you know, I'm even more so appreciating these uh, events where the family can come together and congregate, you know, finally get an opportunity to see a lot of faces in, in one particular setting, and I'm definitely going to be able to answer the most resounding question in New York City. You got that Seven Heaven, son? Huh? That Seven Heaven? You got that Seymour? Yeah. You need that. You know? Yeah. That on two decks. Yeah. But um, we'll be on deck, you know. Sweet. Yeah. And um, I'm encouraging. Shout out to my brother from Colorado, one of the callers that we had on the show, the brother who um, goes to the university out there. He, uh, he um, did what he said that he was going to do. He reached out to us. You feel me? And uh, made contact with us about coming out there to the uh, university out in Colorado. And I'm encouraging everybody else to listen to the show who had the opportunity to put together an, an event 
and outside of the perimeters of the tri-state area. Even if you're in the tri-state area, Jersey, Philly, and whatnot, uh, Connecticut, Long Island, holla at your people, man. Like, let's make this happen. You know, let's start putting together some events because we're looking forward to what um, Professor Griff and Zaza and Baruti and the Irritated Genie are going to bring on Sunday. Shout out to King Simon and all of the productions that he puts through. We want to bring this notable show, you know what I mean? We want to bring these teachers, these monuments, speakers, and the presentations. We want to get them on the road. We want to get them outside of the, um, you know, this, this lecture circuit and put them in places where they're very much needed, the West Coast, the South, the Midwest, um, the uh, other places, you know, the Northeast that, uh, you know, that are not really serviced as great as they should be with this knowledge, with this talk. With this real talk. Let's definitely spread the love, you know what I'm saying, throughout not only, you know, I would have, not only these states, I'm saying my brother Gano Grills, he's across the pond, you know what I'm saying? Across the pond. He's across, <laughs> I seen him in, yeah, I seen him in, um, yeah, yeah, he's in the temples and, and all that. Yeah, like on the now. Yeah, this thing is not only relegated to the 50 states, you know what I'm saying? It's a global audience, so let's put them bids in and then let's build that bridge, that global bridge, so we can bring this thing around the world. That right. And, yeah, I definitely want to salute. There's other K-Tail listeners that are reaching out. You know, I had a powerful meeting this afternoon with one of our fellow K-Tail listeners who stepped up, you know what I'm saying, definitely has a skill set, something that he wants to offer the family that's going to fortify, you know, the skill set, you know, something mm-hmm. that you can bring everywhere that you go. And that conversation that the, um, the young brother from Colorado called in on Friday and was having with us, it also... uh you know, it pushed me forward in terms of, like, just really um, understanding what he was asking about. And that's, like, more shows, more topics, than optimism. You know what I'm saying? Like, the ultimate quest of life is to be happy. And this information sometimes, like you said, it could, it could bog you down, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. you know, we, we, you know, optimism is my new opiate. You know what I'm saying? I'm overdosing. I can't cope with it. So definitely going to be looking for more programs and more programming to bring forth that exemplifies that 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 notion. You know what I'm saying? It, you know, definitely got to see and deal with the uh, more of the optimistic. So on that note, <laughs> you know, the U.S.-led coalition. Is full of occultists and cosmophysicians. Okay? So, hmm. 11 years ago, on the cusp of going into, or the cusp of the ending of fall going into spring, the U.S. led coalition went into Iraq. Okay? To start a bombing campaign against a regime that they said had weapons of mass destruction. All right? And we already know where that led. So, here we are on the cusp of of the summer going into the fall, right? Or should I say even from Virgo going into Libra, the balance. And here mm-hmm. they go now going into Syria, right? 11 years after Iraq and 11 days after 9-11, okay? 
Mm-hmm. And they used the F-22s for the first time on the 22nd. So if y'all think this Law 44 stuff is a joke or a game, if you still think I'm just freestyling, and like I said, these are not the situations where I gloat because I see patterns and, you know what I'm saying, I feel that I'm so right because I'm noticing a pattern. And I'm not creating this. I'm just noticing, you know, this is how they're playing their game. You know, they hold up man with uh, an extreme level of numerology. Yes. What's up? We, we know you and your no flex zone. Just laying it out the way that it should, you identify. I'm doing the icky shuffle. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't even get to my 44 NFL stuff. It was, it was over, overridden. Notice NFL season is overridden with 44s. And then they get my guy's mm-hmm. commercial. Yeah, shout out to the icky shuffle. You know what I'm saying? This is called celebrational. You know what I'm saying? You know, I'm not going to be spooked by it. And, I, I, you know, this is not information that we're sharing to spook the family. I'm just saying, you know, keep your eyes very much peeled because I saw three things that were very alarming today. I saw the president of the United States, right, which is a corporation, stand on the White House lawn and say that they initiated missile launch attacks on a faceless, amorphous enemy, right? This enemy that doesn't have any state flag, it doesn't belong to any state, it doesn't fly any flag, or they do have ISIS flag, mind you, quote-unquote, but it's not a national flag, you know, they're not confined to borders or what have you. It's a faceless enemy like al-Qaeda, you know? So he said they started a bombing campaign of which there were civilian casualties. They don't know if they reached their target, but they did very good. Then I saw a dude from the Pentagon come on immediately after him, dodge every question that the press corps asked him. Then they put up two pictures, and they was like, these are before and after. They was like, this is what this um, installation looked like before, and it was a square building. And they was like, this is what the installation looked like after. This building was rectangle. <laughs> <laughs> and this is what they've seen in people, like, as the truth is straight propaganda. They showing like their Hegelian dialectic is so crazy that they're like, we really want to twist people's minds by just purposely showing them two separate pictures and they just gonna go with this. They're like the 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 psychological program that's taking place at this particular time to see who's woke and who's not. It's crazy, B. And up there laughing add on you know what I'm saying? Well, blue. Shout Hold out on, to my I'm not even finished. Okay. Hold on. Before yeah, before you get the plug one in, let me let me just finish this real quick so you get into the program real soon. Um, and then the third picture that I saw, right, they flashed to my dude, Senator Kerry, right? So he's standing in front of a Moorish flag, okay, talking about yo ISIS, you know what I'm saying? Because remember they bombed two groups, right? They introduce you to a new group by bombing them. Like, oh, yeah, we got another beef with these people that you don't know nothing about. Right? They said we went into Syria. We told the president we was bombing, but we didn't ask his permission, and we told him don't intercept our planes. Right? So 
So it was just mad violations. Oh, and the president was on the lawn talking about, yeah, you know, we just bombed. Now I'm going to the U.N. for a peace conference about climate change. About climate change. <laughs> <laughs> I and on TV, well, they just showing you shit blowing up. On the White House and lawn. About, yeah, I'm going to the U.N. about the climate change, you know, this is a peaceful body, a peaceful organization that's dealing with the sustenance and the maintenance of the planet, you know, and keeping the peace on Earth. I'm like, yo, the cognitive dissident Hegelian dialectic program is crazy. You feel me? This is what they're feeding people in the morning? That's crazy. On the it's a movie. of the season or the equinox? So, like I said, the third program that they hit them with, Carries in front of the Moorish flag, right? Going in about domestic terrorism. Yo, ISIS is recruiting from domestic terrorists. They recruiting from amongst American citizens. We're concerned about these domestic terrorists. You know, our plan is to degrade and and um, you know uh, uh, destroy and degrade ISIS and this that, and the other. But like I said, you got Virgo, who is ISIS. Right? And then you got the Libra, which is the balance. The scale. Right? And they shooting missiles on the cusp between them two things. You feel me? Destroying and degrading ISIS. And they like, they keep mentioning. They're like, yo, it's only just begun. We just started our campaign. Right? On the first day of fall, dealing with the whole legends of the fall and the fall of man. Right? A few, like I said, a few ticks away from this next blood moon on October 8th. Just do the knowledge, family. I'm just telling you, keep your eyes open, all right? Because they weapon testing out there, but they clearly keep talking about domestic terrorism and how they got to address that shit here. So this new group that they're bombing, they're saying these people uh, were going to attack the mainland and we got proof that the press was like, let's see it. They're like, oh, we can't show it to you. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I see but, so many spins. And like I said, I don't even, I normally don't even do the TV thing, B. I just so happened to be in front of one today. I saw so many spins in a matter of an hour. I'm like, yo, I can't believe. And the only thing that people are worried about is the new iPhone. Wow. Yeah, that new iPhone. Yo, protect, shout, shout out to AAYC, the legend. You know what I'm saying? For the lineup that he, for the lineup that he's been initiating for mad years. You know what I mean? For that king ritual, and I find it really crazy, and almost the level of hypocrisy stinks at this moment because you had a white supremacist, right? So you had a neo-Nazi lay down an officer in Pennsylvania, a survivalist, right, a white sovereign and whatnot, claims he's a sovereign. Then you had a white neo, a white survivalist to scale the White House fence and hit the lawn with a car full of all kind of weaponry. I'm talking about he had a, he had the whole damn, uh, you know, he had the whole damn gun show in his car. They ain't flying no drones over these trailer parks. They're not talking about domestic terrorism with what so not. They're not sending a militarized police force into any of their enclaves where they're quote unquote white supremacists, neo Nazis, or survivalists. They're they're not doing anything of the such. There's no 24 hour CNN coverage. 
There's no breaking news. Like, this dude tried to murk Barry. Like, he, he made his move. He, he's yeah, got to be the White House, B. He made it that's, to the that's political. A yeah. Like, imagine if, if, if a Hebrew Israelite scared the fence and ran up in the White House. Spikes and all, like everything, the whole leather headband, like the whole get-up. Do you know that we wouldn't be able to go to sleep or wake up without hearing about this shit? And somebody with an RPG flag on, or for that matter, a brother with an ISIS flag on, scaled the fence and got behind enemies and got behind them and got inside of the White House? But Negroes is worried about everything else but that? Two, three weeks into the Ray Rice scandal still, but somebody ran up in the White House with a machete. Oh, yeah. Nope. He didn't get clapped at. No claps, no stun gun, nothing. They ain't put him down. They ain't put him down. He's chilling. They didn't even wow. have it. They didn't even give it. Yeah, there's no information on him like that. They're just saying that something was wrong with him. He rocked in the sleep and was like, no, I was just trying to warn the president about the um, impending fall, the crash. There goes the cold words. So, wow. it's starting oh, to and, You know what I mean? Yeah. And yesterday, and yesterday, Mark, 44 days into the midterm election. So, again, family, mm. I don't need to keep telling you, bruh. Okay? This shit is in full effect. Yeah. Like you said, you know, my dude Barry better watch it. You know what I'm saying? Because they're lining them up, but... He's like a pitiful pawn at this point. You know what I'm saying? I've lost all respect for that dude. You yeah. Know? He's good. Yeah. And he has no clothes. Let's get into the show, though, because we have that half an hour mark. Just let the family know what we're doing is doubleheader. Oh, yes, indeed, family. All right. You know what I'm saying? For the first hour, from the 930 to 1030 mark, we are going to be dedicating this time to our brother Ross Ben and Lester Loving. Okay, Ross Ben and Lester Lovin have a monumental event coming up this weekend as well. On September 26th and on the 28th, they'll be taking a trip, a road trip, okay, a crystal road trip with Sister Kafunia up to the Sterling Hill Mine, Sterling Hill Mine in, uh, in New Jersey, all right? And on Friday, which is the 26th, they're going to be in Nicholas, all right, doing a, a rock and mineral show. Uh, I'm sure it's going to be an educational seminar or what have you, and I'm sure that there's going to be crystals for sale, all right? So I'll tell you more about that. Our brother Ross Ben and Lester Lovin, okay, alongside Sister Kafunia. This is a monumental pairing, okay? It gets no more dynamic than that, all right? This is bigger than life. Right, for anybody out there that's in the crystal or healing energy of any type, you know what I'm saying? It's a monumental pairing, historical. All right. Um, I want to ask if the brother Ross Ben, if you're on the line, all that's the loving, can you please please press one at this time and begin segment. Right. I'm just going to wait on them. They'll be here in a second. Wait on it. Yeah, but um, Friday show, we might have to dedicate that to uh, 
you know what I'm saying, just just some of these uh, events that are popping off in the headlines. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be a good look. You know what I'm saying? There's, there's, there's just, yeah, there's a lot of things that need to be pointed out and put into perspective. And, um, you know, my thing is the optimism comes from you knowing. You feel me? The optimism comes from you not being in the spell, like you not being propagandized. In my opinion, that's where the optimism comes from. How can you be all peace, love, and light if you have no idea what's going on? You might say that you do, but to the extent of it, do you? Or just ignoring it is, is your your answer to saying that you're above it because you're ignoring it? Oh, I don't need to know that. No, yes, you do. You know what I'm saying? Or you, you may not. You may not. But that don't speak to everybody else. Some people might want to free themselves from the spookers above it by actually doing the knowledge. You know what I'm saying? Once you do the knowledge, then you can really be like, oh, I'm above that. You know what I'm saying? Because it's beneath me. I understand the plot and the plan. I see where they're going with this thing. You know? And that's that's what we want to offer. You know what I'm saying? That's what we want to offer. All right, hold on one second. Okay, so with no further ado, we want to go to the phone lines and uh, bring in our brother. Let me see. Caller from the 215-609. Is it 609-215? Brother Ross, Ben Peace, is this you? Caller from two one five six zero nine. Peace. Okay, I'm gonna try another line. Is it caller from the two one five five one zero? Peace. Yes. Bless. Bless. Yes. Love and re- yes. Love and respect, my brethren. Yes. Yes, indeed. Welcome back. Well, brother, what's good with you, man? Yes, sir. Yeah, man. Yes, sir. All I can say is how the battle, the sweet of the victory, star. You know. Yes, yes, Boy, yes. Going through the going through the judgment time, but uh, thankful still. You know. Absolutely. Yeah. How y'all, brethren? Are we doing lovely? Doing lovely. Yes, sir. You know what I'm saying? Victory is ours. So yes, sir. You know, we just we just yeah, walking the family through and 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 just showing them. You know what I'm saying? If you can see it, you can achieve it. It's there. Yes. You know. Yeah. And I want to tell you, family. I was with the brother. I was with the bedroom out in California, Northern California, and um. I was going through an episode, I, I was having a moment, you know what I'm saying, and the brother reminded me of something, and that has always stuck with me since ever since then, and it's actually helped me propel because it's, it's, it's on constant loop, you know what I'm saying? 
and that was that victory is ours. And don't ever, ever, ever lose sight of that, regardless of what you see around you, what's going on. And like I said, that's the level of optimism that information brings. Information shouldn't be spooking you. Information shouldn't be putting you in fear. It should be taking you out of fear once you understand the dynamics of the plan that's being played. You should be able to see this thing, you know, with 2020 vision, you know? True. And always see yourself victorious. Always see the light at the end of that tunnel, you know? And, um, you know, that's all I needed was those words of encouragement. You know what I'm saying? I took that and ran with it. Yes. Yeah, man, that was a blessed try. We, we, you know, we both, we both gained a lot from 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 trotting together. You know, learned a lot of lessons, Absolutely. shared a lot of healing. You know, uh, so yeah, man. You know, I'm I'm still carrying the energy from that trot as well. Back here on the Northeast, you know, I just oh yes, yes. You yes. know, when, when the battle's hot, I reflect back on them times because. We was in the Magi state, man. We was thinking it, and that thing was manifesting, you know. So, state. Uh, you know, I, I, I you reflect back on that. We saw some, yes. We saw some monumental yeah. things. I, I had some monumental experiences, and it allowed me to grow as a person just to open my eyes wider and accept the family as, as you know, as the human tribe, period. You know what I'm saying? And, I've been coming back and sharing that information with people and, and <clears throat> receiving, you know, pretty much no resistance to it. You know, people understand it once I tell a story with that level of, of insight, passion, and testimony. And I'm like, look, you know, don't turn your back on, on, on you know what I'm saying, on the rest of the world, just thinking that this thing is just relegated to what you think it is. You got to be by coastal at least. You got to get out there and travel. It's a whole right. world out there, and everyone's not your enemy. That's you know right. right. There's some people that do not look like you, but that's an information that you can utilize to really upgrade your understanding of who you are. True. True. Yeah, man, we got to be international in these times, man. You know? Yes. That's, that's for sure. And uh, it only helps us be better when we can relate to others as humans, you know? And it, it just brings out our humanity and it allows us to see humanity in others. And, and, yeah, it just makes us better and expands our reality, you know? So Absolutely. And I also and, have been speaking on um, a book that you published. You know, you didn't personally write it, but you published this book. And I told the family, you know what I'm saying, that, again, this was another book that helped me expand my consciousness, my awareness, my understanding, my overstanding of the contribution that not only reggae music has made to, you know, the the diaspora, you know, by way of culture, but also, you know, I was able to see the systematic attack that took place it was launched by the CIA against black music, against rebel music that we still are able to see and feel today right here dealing with, you know, what we're dealing with uh, in rap, 
and hit yes, yes. And I never, yeah, I never um, read a book or heard a testimony <laughs> like that that was able to tie those things together in the way in which they were. And if somebody grew up with Blackbush around so much different diverse family from the Caribbean, you know what I'm saying? I was able to understand that dynamic so much better. You know, I was able to go into a time portal, go back to when I was a youth, and I was seeing certain things that nobody really took time to explain. You know, everybody was in survival mode. But to to, to get a back reference about how things had gotten that way, you know what I mean? Yeah. I never yeah. could really understand. I'm like, damn, we in the dance hall, there's slackness on one side, and there's roots and culture. I'm like, they come from the same place, but how do they coexist? Mm. This is the first place, right? My brother tell you, this is the first place that we were really introduced to the whole concept of Marcus Mosiah Garvey. This was the first yeah. place that we saw the strength of Salatsky. Yeah. This is the first place that, you know, you really heard um, biblical narrative coming in a different accent. You know what I'm saying? And that, like, damn, if, if if my brothers is dealing with it and their strength, there must be something to this. Because Bob's nobody talking at the time. Yeah. We heard about Emmanuel. 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 Yeah, that's true. Yeah, man. So, yeah, that's Black Little Root by uh, Dr. Raj Shabazz. And he's up in that New York region, that old York region. And yeah. uh, you're right, man. This brother penetrated. He basically penetrated the paradigm uh, Babylon uses to control our music. And they yes, they they tried it with the uh, what you call like the R and B. You know, they tightened it up on reggae. But they perfected that thing on hip hop, such that it's not only were they over co-opt hip hop, but then actually use it as a money maker. You know, and that's why hip hop is yeah. really so prominent in, in advertising and media right now. You know, but yeah, hip hop yeah. really is dead. You know, you know, so it's like uh, yes, the brother. Uh, Brother's research is is vital if we want to control our creative music, our conscious music from this point going forward. You know, because it lays out the pitfalls that all those different genres the artists fell into. You know, chasing the dollar. Uh, the whole crossover trend and yes. and then and, you know the uh the uh promoting an artist that you know gonna have the same musical style but then you know inject uh slackness and violence and misogyny and values that aren't gonna big up our families or communities, you know. It's very important yeah. works. Black to the roots. I want to make sure the brethren uh, can have time and space on the show 
in the future when it's good for y'all, you know? Oh, that's without a doubt. I want you yeah, to um, for that. Yeah, if, there, if there's any website that they can go and purchase the book or read any Absolute. excerpts of it. Absolutely. Blacktotheroots.net. And uh, he also has a Facebook presence, R.A. Patah Sin Shabazz. Brother Ross Benjamin. Benjamin. Brother Ross. Yo. Is there any possibility of developing a documentary, you know, to to adapt the book into a documentary form so we can actually have moving pictures and sound as well? Because I really feel like that would have a great impact. Yeah, you know, I actually think that's a vision he and uh, our next progressive Ross, uh, Jabi, the brethren Jabi, who... uh, is the founder of the diaspora of Ross. Man, I know it's dark. D-A-R-C, mm-hmm. diaspora of Rastafari coalition, something like that. But, yeah, they have Please, a vision yeah. of making a documentary. Let's well, let's know. reason, you know, let the brethren, let us reason with the brethren so we can share information that we have dealing with, um, you know, the um, certain steps that one could take to make that a possibility because we do have some information that I feel could pertain to um, that endeavor and would be able to help him in his endeavor, you know, because he definitely, as a, as a network, would love to help and to see that come to fruition because I was reading some parts of the book and when I came across Sky and when I came across other versions of um, – reggae that, you know, other versions of Jamaican folk tale music that birth reggae, I wasn't familiar with the sound, mm. you know, or some people yeah. might come across the section where he talk about Yellow Man, and they might not be familiar with what Yellow Man was talking about and how he sounded and what he was saying, or when he yeah. talked about dance hall, you know, a lot of people can't really, you know, unless they know the, the genres and they lived through it, they could have a point of reference. But if they never did so, it would almost be, you know what I mean? It would almost be like, you know, trying to make them figure relate. it out. Yeah. Hard to relate. Yeah. Yeah, man. I, I, yeah. I, I could see that happening because I know the brothers, that's 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 where they want to move forward in, in their work. So I see that happening, you know? Well, let's just go in the room filled with crystals and make that happen. Yes, oh. sir. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, man, yeah. speaking of yeah. the room full of crystals, you know, that's uh, that's why uh, we was hoping y'all give us a little uh, airspace because uh, Sister Kofunia Ife uh, and myself are lining up was going to be a real mystical and special experience this Sunday uh, coming up, September, I think it's the 28th. Uh, yes, we're doing We're doing a tour to one of the most sacred spots on the East Coast. It's called uh, Franklin, New Jersey, after you know your, your, your boy Ben Franklin. Uh, but it's one of the most uh, sacred minds in America, and you know because of the minerals coming out of them, and uh, uh, 
It is Franklin, New Jersey is considered one of the most mineralogically diverse places uh, on the planet, and it is considered the fluorescent mineral capital of the world, meaning wow. uh, luminescent stones, all right, or stones that will emit light either through phosphorescence or uh, uh, the, uh, the other uh, phosphorescence and another form of luminescence. Uh, but these stones, you know, the most spectacular luminescent stones in the world. So, you know, you get to experience that. But the real reason that uh, I think Franklin is a special place that we have to tap into is because one of the stones that come out of there is a valuable healer for one of the afflictions jamming up our community right now. And that's Franklinite, which is the healer of the prostate and the uterus. So. I know our listeners know inflamed prostate, prostate cancer off the charts, uh, fibroids, and jammed up uteruses off the charts. It's an epidemic proportion, you know. So the stone Franklinite is the ideal stone. It's the perfect stone. It's it's nature's remedy for the for the and uterus challenges that are plaguing our community. And uh, the the key uh, element in Franklinite that gives it that power is zinc. And so Franklinite is a unique mineral that's actually a ferrous Zinc manganese crystal. So it has iron, zinc, and manganese. Okay? So iron is a powerful combination, brother. Most of us know where iron is stored in our body. You know, it's blood and hemoglobin is is, uh, associated with our oxygen levels and overall vitality as well as our magnetic potential, right? Our body stores manganese primarily in one place in the body, and that's the heart. So heart-knowing, compassion, the ability to feel and share love, all of those things is tied into the amount of manganese we have in our body. So... Franklinite has the powers on those two things, our blood and our heart, but also it's a zinc. It's it's really one of maybe three or four stones that I know of where, you know, you tap in zinc. Zinc is, is <clears throat> even though zinc uh, elementally uh, is not that rare, there's not a real diverse array 
of zinc ores, okay? So you got what's called zincite, which is just pure zinc. Uh, that And that's very rare. That's, that's difficult. To find it naturally is very difficult. Most zincite is actually uh, chipped off of the smelting furnaces of zinc processing plants because deposits of zincite will build up on the walls of the furnaces and the smokestacks, right? Right. Then you got this uh, element called splayerite, which is iron, zinc, and sulfur, which, and that's a pretty powerful healer. It's rare in the United States. comes most out of Poland, right? So if you want to access zinc, local, you know, where we are, uh, is this Franklinite, okay? So now sad to say, Franklinite commercially, like the mines that are in Franklin, New Jersey, basically they've been tapped out of the Franklinite, okay? They were you know, from the 1800s, these zinc mines have been in operation. The last one closed down in 1986, the Sterling Hill Mine. Mm. And that's the mine that we're actually going to go on the tour of. But uh, over 100 years, they was tapping that zinc, and they basically tapped it out. But, you know, there are some specimens to be found. And you know, you can go online and find something. They're going to be pricey. We go live direct, and you can usually come up on a blessed specimen for a moderate price, you know, no more than $60, you know. But uh, these uh, Franklinite specimens grow in octahedrons, so that's double-sided pyramids, you know, eight-sided uh, pyramidal, bipyramidal structures, and uh, they are awesome pocket stones because not only do they have the grounding magnetic potential that the iron brings, but again, that zinc in that sacral region, in the you know our pockets, is pants pockets tend to be in the area of the reproductive organs, very revitalizing and nourishing and I do I'm I'm going to get more into this Friday at Nicholas Brooklyn because we're doing the tour Sunday the 28th but Friday the 26th we're going to go real deep into this you know I'm just really just uh, touching the surface uh, wetting the you know uh wetting the, the, the taste buds with what I'm sharing now. <clears throat> but uh uh you know that zinc is stored zinc is stored in the prostate and uterus. That's where the body stores zinc. So when we're zinc deficient it's those gland it's it's those organs that are impacted first, you know. And when we study zinc and, like, what it does in the body, right, so it's stored in the reproductive organs. 
but zinc plays a vital role in DNA replication. And more specifically, DNA enzymatic repair cannot occur in the absence of zinc. Meaning, our DNA is, you know how like a computer has, let's say you're, you're, you got windows and bam, your junk gets infected. You went to a naughty site, you saw Megan Good had had a, got some selfies out and you went to the wrong site, bam, you jammed up. Now your operating system's jammed up, right? There's a, a recovery function in Windows that allows Windows to repair itself to its original state, right? Y'all with me? Yes, indeed. So uh, our DNA has that same potential. When our DNA gets mutated, in a, you know, mal-aligned way or malignant way. If it has enzymatic... Do you the, uh, the, the many ways that somebody's DNA can be mutated, especially in this particular environment? Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, uh, well, certain chemicals are what they call mutagenic. You know, uh, particularly the dioxins, uh, hydrocarbons, volatile hydrocarbons, right? Radiation. I'm sure even those GMOs, you know, that's the level they're going to imp GMOs is genetically modified foods is going to modify your genetics. You know, that's that's pretty much given. So, uh, and there's really so many ways. DNA is being uh, adversely impacted, you know. But as long as we have a, enough zinc, and I want to specific, specify enzymatic zinc in our uh, bodies, and then we have zinc crystals, specifically this franklinite, right, which is going to energetically in, uh, inform and reinforce what our DNA needs to be doing with the zinc, right? Yeah, man, we can restore ourselves uh, to a, 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 you know, youthful level of vitality. So the zinc not only helps with the reproductives, the prostate and the uterus specifically, but really all DNA replication and repair. It has the potential to kind of rejuvenate, turn back the hands of time by eliminating your uh, genetic mutations that may have occurred just, you know, as far as aging in toxic environments and eating not the best of foods, you know reverse the damage that those uh, experiences can can do on your DNA and genetics. So this is a very important crystal, you know. And, again, we're going to go deep into that uh, 
Friday at Nicholas Brooklyn. The name of the presentation I'm going to share is Zinc Iron Defense because that's the two big elements within the Franklinite, the zinc and the iron. We're also going to be blessed with the presence of Lester Loving, and I think he might even be uh, calling in at some point tonight. But uh, the last time Lester Loving and I were together was September 9th, 2001, in New York, two days before 9-11. Lester Loving, myself, the next brother named David Helper, we had a bioenergetics conference in Harlem. wasn't well attended, but was very powerful. And I look forward to reuniting with that brethren. And uh, you know, when when this you know powerful minds come together, powerful things happen. You know. Oh, indeed. That brother with the pyramid science. You know. He he should be a valued powerhouse Harry. Yes. Yeah, you know you know how different ones will set up think tanks, right? And and set up their elders and wise ones. So they don't really have to worry yeah. about food, clothing and shelter. They can just brainstorm solutions for their community, right? That's how we should have the brother Lester Loving. You know? And, and that brother whose mind is that Oh, go ahead. You saw what we saw in Northern California. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And the level of insight that they were able to show us in regards to crystal gridding and things of that nature, you know what I'm saying, and utilizing the crystals and the geometry to reinforce what they were doing, uh, especially with THC and things of that nature, and yeah. the information on the melanin. Man, his brother told me things that were repeated to us and that I'm hearing some people come forth with now. He told me these things 15 years ago, mm. dealing with melanin. His brother has been studying yeah. water for 30 years. But yes. Way before yes. people jumped on the scene with this alkaline craze, his brother right. has a wealth of information. Okay, He was yes. the first one to show me how to create um, copper... Uh, you know, copper coil quartz. The power of coil copper. Yeah. Yeah. The power of coil copper. Yeah, man. Out of grid. He's the first one that taught me about the importance of an octahedron. He's the first one that did a lot of things scientifically to put me on the path to say, oh, I want to create alkaline gold water. This was a dream that I had just by listening to his brother talk about his study of water, 15, 20, and, and, you know, no water machines was on the market and none of that. He was showing us how to make it in in the living room with the copper quartz. And how everybody's up on water now. How how everybody's running with the water thing, with the machines and everything. And it's like, you know, I don't want to knock nobody's thing. But I'm just saying... What we're talking about, family, is we're talking about a mind amongst you that is just 30 years ahead of the game. So whatever he's studying and dealing with now is going to be right. a wave in 20 years. So right. he's supposed to be accommodated in a way in which 
he don't got to worry about the overhead. He shouldn't have to worry about these things, you know? And this is what I'm saying. This is the part that hurts so much because you're talking about a people that say that, you know, they don't got this and they don't have that. And what are we going to do about I wonder why. Mm. I wonder why. You know what I'm saying? Are you mm. taking care of the elders? Are you taking care of the genius amongst you? And it's not like, mm. no, these people don't need a handout. But in another world, you know, this is the department they're called research and development where a person can get a five, ten million dollar endowment to just be That's smart. Right. Look, go That's research, right. go study that, go put that together because we know right. that's gonna translate into a billion dollar um project, you know what I'm saying? That's gonna continue to to, you know, just pay out for forever. And not only in terms of, of, of monetary compensation, we're talking about quality of life. So this brother, with his scientific mind, to show you how to create water power cars, you know what I'm saying? This brother with his scientific mind can show you how to create laser power weapons, you know what I'm saying? Mm. And all of the spookism that has the people frozen where they can't move and do the things they're supposed to will be eliminated once you realize that you got the people right around you that have the information and the know-how to take the spookism out of everything yes. and put you back on top. But as long as you look at the elders like your lessons, you know what I'm saying? It's like, come on. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to uh, uniting and uh, doing some work with that brother. And uh, our good sister, Mama Kafuni Ife, yeah. she's going to be activating us with some crystal bowl uh, mantra meditation vibes, you know, how she okay. bring, the, bring the power. So it's going to be it's gonna be some strong vibes. So that's this Friday, the 26th, at Nicholas, Brooklyn. And then we're going to, you know, get the details, sign up for the, the uh, uh, mind tour on Sunday when we're going to be leaving from Nicholas. I want to say uh, meet time is 8 a.m., but don't quote me. Come out Friday and get the exact details from uh, Mama Kafunia, you know. But uh, those who have Facebook access, because we, we did this tour. This is actually our second go-round. We did it in May. And, man, we had a ball, brother. I mean, okay. my my inner child was really tapped that day, you know. And uh, the elements were so mystical, I think, just us being out there in numbers, Right. Right. Are you allowed to um? Right. Are you allowed to mine? Like, are you? Are you gonna be going up in the mines, actually, digging up rocks? Well, no, you're not gonna be digging. The the opportunity of going in the mine is is really just this is this might be the deepest you're gonna get in the earth, you know, uh, unless you go to another mine. You're getting, you know more than 100 feet into the earth, you know. You're, not, you're staying on the first level of the mine. You don't go, like, down no mine shaft, you know. But you still get 
pretty deep into the earth. So that's 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 an experience, you know. Uh, they have the specimens, like uh, what you say, already out and accessible. So you could kind of, uh, you know, you just kind of search through uh, what's already been brought out, right? Okay. But when we were there, right, and everybody did get specimens of Franklinite and, and the fluorescent stones, which is called Willamite, right? So we gave yeah. thanks. You know, we left some left some fruit, left some offerings, gave some prayer, and brethren, a triple rainbow manifested before our eyes, man. When I say a triple rainbow, it was one arch, then a next arch, then a next arch, and we could see the arch where it was touching both sides of the earth, man. It was like a 180-degree arc from, you know, wow. it was touching the horizon in two places. We lost our minds, man. We was just like, what? You know, and different ones was looking at us like, <laughs> you know, look at these spirited people. But uh, it was just... Man, but that footage is on YouTube. I mean, uh, Facebook. That's what I'm saying. Those who have Facebook access, they can go to my profile, Rospin, and see some of uh, the footage from the last time we went up there. And uh, yeah, it's 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 a mystical experience, and we're looking forward to doing it again. You know. Indeed, indeed. All right. I definitely look forward to seeing you when you're here in New York. Yes. I might actually have yes. to swing through uh, Nicholas on Friday. All right. All right, Father. I'm looking forward to, to, to building with y'all, man. And, uh, oh, absolutely. Yes. So give thanks for uh, giving me a, a, a brief moment to, you know, promote this and, and definitely uh, encourage the the community to come on out and, and, and take a, be a part of this. It'll it'll uh, strengthen the spirit, touch the heart, and uh, enlighten the mind, you know? Absolutely. Indeed. Yes, sir. Give thanks as always. Yes, sir. So, Twin right. Pillars, keep standing firm, and I'll see you all Friday. Indeed, brother. Salute. Yes, sir. Bless. Peace. Okay, family, all right, we're going to jump directly into two segments featuring our brother Irritated Genie, all right? So I'm going to go to the caller now from 202, call from the 202-309. Caller, peace. Hotep. Hotep. Peace. Oh, how you doing, brother? Okay, that's me. All right. Yes, indeed. Greetings. Peace. Katie Zini? Yes, sir. How you doing, soldier? All is well. Welcome to the program. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Indeed. I believe this is your first time over on KTL Radio, correct? Yes, sir. 
Yes, sir. Welcome on the program for the uh, very first time. Uh, me and you did a very powerful interview over this summer with our brother from Turtle King Entertainment. You know, I'm talking about I had the pleasure of building with you, meeting you, also attending one of your lectures at Nicholas uh, Bookstore in Brooklyn. And um, I must say it was very powerful, extremely controversial, you know what I'm saying? That, that, I guess that is your tag mark, you know, but it was very informative. I walked away with a wealth of information that I was able to utilize, you know, in terms of changing my perception or adjusting my perception to what it is that I'm seeing take place in society at this time. You know what I mean? So I definitely want to thank you for that demonstration right there and having the courage to talk about the situation that is very um, controversial and something that a lot of people like to shy away from because of the implication that it holds. And that's the child, that's the, the sexual abuse of our people and also the uh, promotion of irresponsible behaviors in our community and, um, you know, and the dangers that that has, the implications that that has in the long term as well as the short. Mm. Definitely appreciate you. Shout out to that. Yeah, we've uh, we actually appreciate you all uh, up in New York continuing to have the discussion because uh, you know we've been doing it for quite a long time, and people have told me for years that uh, when you really want to get this thing moving, it's going to happen in New York. And of course, you know, if you're not, you know, you 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 tend not to look and say, well, I'm going to go someplace to make something happen. You know, you genuinely do the work. But what I'm seeing now that, you know, we ended up in New York, it, it worked, and everything people told me was true. They say some, some magic that the brothers and sisters in New York got, when they get a message and they believe it, they get it out. And I'm starting to see that the message is really starting to click with people now that it's hit New York. So I'm, I'm glad that it's working the way that people thought it would work. And you were part of that. Indeed, indeed. So do you want to speak about, you know, where you have taken the campaign and where this campaign is taking you, you know, since introducing it, and what is at the root of it? Yeah. I, I kind of tell the story about how I got into this. Um, when I was 15 years old, I had a good friend. I was in a private school in Massachusetts, and I had this sister. She was a real good friend, but it was mostly white, small hat, white so-called Jew school, and I had this sister. We were very good friends. And I... Uh, Eventually, she told me her sexual uh, abuse story when she was, uh, I think, about 12, I think, in Jamaica. And, uh, uh, you know, she was a Jamaican sister, and she was raped by a family member. And um, when it happened, it just, it was something went through my spirit. And I was like, man, you, I mean, all I could think is, is taking the life of somebody that would rape a child. I, I, I didn't even... Like, it didn't sound to me like that was something a black person would do. I thought that was, like, creepy crackers in the woods, white folks lingering in the woods, waiting for a child. I didn't think there was, like, really people out there doing it. I thought it was, like, these incidences, one in a million chance of something like that happening. So um, she told me. I didn't even know black people did this stuff. But after she told me, I guess it opened up my spirit to receiving it because she told me she never told anybody because she thought that if she told her father, she knew that if she told her father, he would kill the dude. 
uh, and they end up going to jail. So um, between that time and the time I was like 18, I might have got 10 stories from different sisters who told me, and each one of them, I never told anybody, but I'm telling you what happened to me. And it just started really impacting me because I was like, wow, this is going on a lot, and I didn't realize that I didn't know it even existed, much less was going on <clears throat> at that level. And then uh, after going to college at Hampton University, and just being overwhelmed with the number of women I met from the college, and then even back uh, in D.C. coming home for weekend, summer, whatever, this is all I I said, wow, this is an epidemic. And it was like, man, this is a humongous problem in the black community. Nobody's talking about it. And I was like, just dumbfounded. I was like, I'm going to do something about this, you know. But I didn't understand the extent of it. Uh, eventually I got with a organization um, that was a, a black uh, a militant black organization fighting racism, but one of the things that attracted me to it is that when we sat around and talked, and I was listening to the brothers, they were talking about how so much sexual abuse was going on. I was like, dang, these dudes are soldiers. I was like, man, some real men that's mad about this the way I am, because I talk to brothers I know, or whatever, and they'd be like, yeah, whatever, and they didn't care. And it struck me as funny, because I was like, how can a dude hear that somebody molesting the children and it don't really get a rise in them? But uh, they was mad about it, too, and they was already talking about it and dealing with it. You know, they was, they was dealing with situations, so I was like, yo, this is what I'm talking about. I'm trying to be down with this. So um, doing the work there, eventually lectures and stuff, and then the brothers uh, eventually asked me to do some of the lectures, and I started doing lectures on homosexuality and well, pedophilia, research on pedophilia. Uh, I was open up for one brother, so I had to do a little research on it to open up for it. And when I started doing the research, when it really blew me away because I found out the European origins of it, what had happened to us during slavery, and how they had created these problems in our community. And then I was looking at what I knew empirically from the, all the women I was talking to, and then I started lecturing on the sexual abuse and the relationship between pedophilia and homosexuality and what it was doing to our people as a race. And uh, that's when I did, eventually, I did the lecture, Feminization of the Black Male. First did it on audio in 1997, I think it was. And it started going around, and brothers would hear the tape and be like, yo, that was real. And at first it was like, you know, they would just say it was real. And then uh, first it was sisters that would come to me and start telling me stories. Like I remember a story a man told me, uh, John told me uh, about a sister he was dealing with. And she was telling him a story about her ex-boyfriend who came out of jail, and she really loved this dude. So as soon as he got out of jail, she was like, yo, you know, come on over. And so the brother came on over to the house or whatever, and then he was sitting on the couch, and he started breaking down crying. And she was like, what's wrong? He was like, he just uh, he just defecated on himself. So he was getting raped up in the prison, and he was all, he couldn't even control his bowels no more. So he heard the lecture, then he started telling me that story, so... Women was, like, telling me stuff like that. But then brothers started coming to me and being like, yo, man, that's real what you're talking about. That happened to me. And I was like, man. You know, I knew it from a historical perspective that they raped black men and all this kind of stuff we've been through and molestation. But I'm like, wow, man. It's not just the prison. Brothers was telling me what was happening to them or how they always blame themselves. But now they've seen this. They realize it's not their Brother fault. Blah, blah, blah. So, yes. Can, can I ask you a question? Is there any way that you could raise the volume of your phone a little higher? Because some people are talking about it. It's kind of hard to hear you. Hmm. Uh, let me see. Uh, 
I think I think that's everything perfect. is as loud as it'll get. Is that better? Yes, yeah, that's better. Okay. Yeah, so uh basically uh brother started telling me how these things that happened to them and how they spent a lot of years blaming themselves for it. And so uh that's when I realized that it was a real problem and then once we did the D V D uh back at that time it was VHS back in two thousand three. And uh, by that time, we had had fights in churches over them trying to promote homosexuality, and we've been through a whole lot of different stuff fighting this. We started realizing, yo, this is a war. It's not just some some a little remnant of European culture that's left with black people. Yo, this is a war, and Europeans are intentionally putting black children in positions to get sexually abused. They intentionally financing a culture of deaf music that. The intended result is for children to get sexually abused and destroyed uh, so that they don't want to have healthy families and so that they can kill us as a people. And once I realized that, I mean, that's when we did the book in 2005 that came out, uh, War on the Horizon, Black Resistance to the White Sex Assault. And that's where the whole concept of War on the Horizon came up with because it was like, yo, what am I going to call this book? And uh, one of the chapters in it, it was originally called Fags in the Age of New Africans. And um, I was talking to uh, actually the artist who was doing some of the artwork in the book. And he was like, yeah. I asked him his opinion. He said, I, I like one of the, the names of the chapters. I said, what about War on the Horizon? He said, yeah, man, you know, everything's going to war, blah, 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 blah. And so I, I changed it to War on the Horizon, Black Resistance to the White Sex Assault because we were like, you know, we actually have to build a resistance to this. And if we don't, our people are going to be destroyed because when we study the destruction of the Native Americans, Many of us know about the guns they use to kill them. Some of us know about the diseases they use. And a lot of us know about the alcohol and how they turned each other against each other. What we don't know is that the uh, uh, highest concentration of pedophilia, the, the community with the highest percentage of pedophilia and sexual abuse in that community is the Native American community. And that, that sexual rape and, and, and molestation was part of the European warfare of genocide against the red man and red woman in the Western Hemisphere. So once we realized that, that's when I said, you know what, this is a war, and they can do the same thing to us that they did to the Native Americans if we don't get ourselves together and begin to fix this problem where it starts with protecting our children. Indeed. Indeed, indeed. And I think that, um, you know, hello? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, coincidentally, you know, a lot of people are sharing that same story with you in regards to them hearing these repetitive stories from women that they know about, you know, being abused. You know, and the more the people, the more people you speak to, it's like the more that you start understanding the epidemic. And we were speaking, you know, to Zaza about this the other day, you know, with the call for so many people about building community and things of that nature, you know what I'm saying? But then every woman that you meet, this 20, 30, 40, 50, you know, saying that they've been abused is like, okay, to say, well, they uncles, fathers, uncles, brothers, and things of that nature 
must have been the culprits. How can one build community when you can't get to the root of who amongst you is a sexual predator? Mm. That's real deep what you're saying, bro. And that's it's one of those conversations that because we're not actually in the process of building quote-unquote pan-African or safe communities or black power communities yet, I don't say a lot, but this is one of the things I tell people all the time. When we start talking about building our own communities, my first question about somebody being able to be in that community, what is their position on pedophilia and homosexuality? Because I'm not going to invest a dollar of my money or a minute of my time in building a community where I'm going to have my children, where I invest knowing that I'm going to allow intentionally, with malice of forethought, homosexuals and pedophiles to reign freely in the community I live in. And the reality of it is, when you start trying to have this conversation, the reality of it is, most black people, even if they call themselves conscious or pan-Africanists or black nationalists, most black people back away. And if you won't confront this issue, then I, I can't walk, you know, I can't walk in a foxhole with a dude that don't have a position on homosexuality. Just definitive. I can't, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, you know, this ain't no buddy system. I'm not trying to work with people who don't know that it's wrong to rape children. And right now, if we look at our community, it's a crisis situation because you got a lot of people who when you ask them where they are on this, they don't have an answer. Yet it's not like we can't see that it's a problem. So, so the reality of it is through mass media manipulation, through hip-hop culture, through music, through miseducation, we're being converted into a people who agree with this sexual insanity. And that's a major problem. Indeed. So, you know, what is the filtering system? You know what I'm saying? How does one go about dealing with it? And is the approach more so towards redress for the people that have been violated? Or are we dealing with actually healing the people that have been violated? You know what I'm saying? Because we speak about it as an epidemic. We want to point it out. We want to identify it. But what are we going to do to the people that actually are walking around damaged? And like I said, because of the numbers that I personally encounter people that I know personally encounter, you know, it's like seven out of ten. Yeah. That's real. Let me ask you this. When you say the people that are damaged, are you talking about the people who are victims of sexual abuse or are you talking about the victimizers, the people who have now become pedophiles? I think that that we we have to talk about both because it's, it's perpetual, you know, that normally the people that have been abused become the abusers. Well, then I would say it like this. We, it, it's so pervasive that we absolutely have to have healing in our community. But I would say the first thing to do is start off, before you can solve any problem and fight anything, you have to have a philosophy. The philosophy I think we need to start with is that we want to bring a full, complete end to homosexuality and pedophilia in the black community. So we're not trying to treat it. We're trying to end it. 
Now, that doesn't mean that we're going to bring an end to everybody that's been affected. The issue is we don't want it to exist at all within the confines of the black world community. So I think that would be the first place to start, and a lot of people won't take that position, which means we got to have the people who are willing to take that position, from my perspective anyway, we got to say, okay, now what's the first step? First step is to establish this philosophy. Now, what's the first step in saying, what are we actively saying we're going to do? Well, the first thing has got to be the decision. Who creates the homosexuals, the pedophiles? The individuals in our community that rape children create the problem. Now, we know ultimately the Europeans create the problem, but we're talking about on a practical level, why is that little girl a lesbian now? Because she's mad at men for what they did to her because her father, her uncle, her older cousin raped her, molested her. Okay, so this is what we got to say. Black community, this is the ugliest crime that you can commit. If you participate in molestation of a child, we're going to eliminate you. It's capitally punishable. We're going to enforce capital punishment because we believe it's capitally punishable. Now, how we do that, you know, that's where the real uh, discussion and the hands-on starts saying, how do we do it? Do we try to pass it as laws to make it capital punishment in a country that is pushing it? I don't know. I don't think that'll work. But at the end of the day, we got to have that as the result. The reason I say that is this. The Department of Justice did a study, I think it was in 19, uh, I don't remember the year right now. I don't even want to quote the year wrong. But they did a study, and they studied 500 and something pedophiles. In fact, they didn't do the study, but the study was published by the Department of Justice. So they were were referring to that study. 500 and something pedophiles were interviewed. And when they were interviewed, they listed the amount of every incident of pedophilia they were involved in. And each of them had over 300 incidences of the average. The average was over 300 incidences of pedophilia that they could remember. Now I want you to imagine somebody 300 times in their life molesting. Some of them may be in a different child each time. Some of them may be in one child a whole lot, but 300 incidences of destroying someone's life. Hmm. If you allow the pedophile to exist, they have the highest recidivism rate of any crime, meaning a pedophile is more likely to molest and re and molest and commit that crime again than any other crime that people commit, more than robbing a bank, more than being theft, more than murder, more than any crime. If You can bet on a pedophile continuing to be a pedophile. They have not found a cure for it, and it's very clear a pedophile is an individual that's going to continue to Recommit the crime. That's pretty clear. So then the question becomes, why even address it if we're not going to eliminate the pedophiles from the equation? I would say if people are not willing to agree on that, then that would not be even somebody I would be interested in working with. Because it's only under the backdrop that we're going to eliminate the pedophiles that you can then begin to talk about how to heal people. Because what good is it, it would be like a person living in a house that has a hole in it where rats come in. And you're spending all your time killing rats every day. At some point, somebody says, you're an idiot. The rats are coming through this hole. Patch the hole. No, I don't want to patch the hole. 
Well, if you don't want to patch the hole, stop complaining about the rats. You must enjoy killing rats because you're not trying to solve the problem. Because we know it's cyclical, if we're going to solve the problem, we got to stop the individuals from doing it. So that's the first piece. Once we've established and agree on that, then we got to say, okay, but there are lots of people in our community who've been sexually abused. And if they don't get treatment, they could go to be pedophiles or could be involved in homosexuality. So then we got to say, we have to say homosexuality is not acceptable behavior, but we have to teach people and educate our community about pedophilia. This is what it is. This is what happens when it happens. This is what it does to people. This is how it affects your life. And so this is why we cannot allow this to continue. Because, and you want to stop the cycle, and you don't have to allow this to take you into a direction that will be negative for you and your family members and continue the cycle. Also, you're going to feel these emotions and this. You got to know that. In other words, teaching the community how to feel about it, how to think about it, how to fight it, how to identify, and how to resist it so that we can begin to end the cycle. So now you got people who are learning about it, and then lastly, we got to have treatment centers where brothers and sisters can say, yo, I'm black, I'm a a 7-year-old boy, I'm a 14-year-old boy, I was raped repeatedly by my uncle, I'm messed up, help me. I'm a 14-year-old girl, Uh, my cousins raped me every day after school for four years, and now... I'm out here having sex with grown men, and I, I want to stop, but I don't know how to stop. I do drugs. Mm. You need treatment centers. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, no, no. I didn't stop you. I, I, I kind of like run it, you know, because I saw the reality of that playing out of my mind. Yeah, and, and this is the thing, man. This is the thing, man. None of us like talking about hurting black people. It, it, it's not like we, we both, we, we, I don't think that, we God asked us what time period do we want to be born in, and we said I want to be born in a time period where I got to crack the skulls of pedophiles running around my community raping my children. It's like, yo, we we got to play the hand we were dealt. We're here, and we see this stuff every day. We see little sisters, twelve year olds walking around half naked, looking like whores, and living like a whorish lifestyle. We know something happened to them. They didn't pick that. They're getting driven into this stuff, and we as men. But- haven't organized and say, nah, nah, nah. The, our children are not sexual play to it. We see little boys, and I know you don't see it as much as we see it down here in D.C., but I'm sure you see it in New York. I mean, the culture of our youth is best described as homosexual. This is not coming out of the sky. It's not just coming out of a comic book. People are molesting our children. And then, of course, there's a whole culture that's uh, uh, reaching out to pull it and to drag them into it, going into the schools with literature, uh, uh, into their music, it's everywhere. The only thing is, the whites and the homosexuals are at war for our children, but we're not at war against the pedophiles and homosexuals and the whites. So then it means, what kind of men are we? I mean, that's a good question. You know, if these children exist in a society, culture, you know, the things that's being marketed to them, social engineering, you know, 
is actually pushing them in a direction where they're being over-sexualized. You know, somebody posted a good question in the chat. You know, what if there's an eight-year-old that molests a five-year-old? And this is just based on this child's culturation, you know, being in the society, constantly being exposed to sexuality and way in which, you know, that child can't filter it and thinks that these things are normal to do. You know, there's pornography that's accessible on the phone at this particular time. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, yes. what do we do in, in, in dynamics like that just by understanding yeah. that it's just part of the culture at this particular time? It's not making it, quote, unquote, right or wrong. It's identifying it for what it is. So, you know, just like we had asked Zaza this question on Friday, is what you're saying possible to do while still existing in the society, especially if we identified it as wrong? And, and I would say, um, yeah, based on, on, I think it's an excellent point they make. You got an eight-year-old, here you got a five-year-old. And this is what I'm saying. If we had a community where we attacked this issue and did that massive education, the first thing would be reality. It will be understood by everybody what pedophilia is and the consequences of doing it or you will be put out of here. So because young children would know that it's wrong, because they would understand it does damage and hurts people, and because they would understand that it would classify them as being a monster in the mind of many of our people, a substantial amount of our children wouldn't do it just because they would realize that's something bad and wrong. Now, when a child does do that, it becomes a question of, this is my opinion. Now, I mean, we haven't talked this out, but I'm going to just be 100% honest. I don't care how old you are if you put your hands on my children. I just, I'm not, I'm not, I'm a person that believes in victims' rights. I'm not on this perpetrator rights thing. I just ain't, I mean, you know, and, and I understand because I've, I've done wrong before, so I know how it is when you've done stuff in the back of your mind, you're like, well, if somebody um, put somebody down for everything they did wrong, I'd be gone. And I'd be one of those people. I'd be gone if somebody, anybody who did something wrong was gone. But I ain't never molest no children. And as far as I'm concerned, there's certain Levels that you can't go past. Yeah, you have people that have robbed people, maybe even murdered people before. But at the end of the day, we got to understand we've got to get to the point where we have a, 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 a cognitive reality in the minds of all black people that anybody that molests a child should die. Now, after that, my opinion, if somebody puts their hands on your child, you have a right and, and, you know, it's got to be proven. You can't just be an accusation. You have the right to do whatever the hell what you want to do with it. And so if you're an eight-year-old and he molests my little daughter or son, I got the right to kill him, in my opinion. Because it, I'm not, it, ain't, it, ain't, it ain't how old he is and what led him to it. it somebody should have been responsible to be there. Now, I'm also saying if my child does that to a child, they deserve it. But why my child is not as likely to do it, one, I'm going through great lengths to keep my children from being sexually abused. 
I've had two situations that I had to jump in the middle of. And my child, my daughter's only three. My son's not even two years old. And, and, and this was a year ago, so my daughter wasn't even two. My son wasn't even one. And I had two situations, and it was actually children that was on the verge of look like doing something. And I prevented it. But if they had got it done, they was going to get viciously hurt. I can't say I'd have killed them, but they would have been hurt very, very badly. Might have wished they would have been killed. But because we know this occurs, we are very cognizant to watch it. And what we realize, it don't matter how conscious people are or whatever, we're not doing our jobs. But I'm not just protecting them. We're also teaching them that this is wrong and you can never do this to someone else. And that's where the education comes in. Because with the education, when black people are cognizant that this exists and that it's wrong, you're going to have far less of this going on in our community. Most of these children don't know it's wrong. They're just doing what they see. No one's taking the time to teach them. we got to start taking the time to teach. Okay, give me one second. I want to open up my brother's line. His line just dropped. Call us on 347-650. Peace. Peace, peace. Yes, sir. Listening to the brother go in, you know, totally am in agreement with the brother's stance and what he's saying. I do agree that, you know, we have to take more of a militant, uh, no compromise, no nonsense stance against this, this uh, plague of abuse that's taking place because, as we do know, that um, certain things, there's rehabilitation for certain things. And there's, you know, um, ways to discipline and punish individuals for certain offenses that they commit. And we know that we learn from our mistakes and we get better. That's why we are striving towards perfection as a people. But there are certain offenses that should be treated as capital crimes that we, the people, should be able to dictate the punishment as a, as a community and as a village that we used to do. If we're talking about being aboriginal and traditional and going back to the ways of our ancestors, we need to treat those who offend our babies, our wives, our children, our men in the community, the ways that, that our ancestors were doing it before they kept things in line. Okay. Yeah, I, I agree, brother, uh, 120%, and we got, as black men, the reality, are you still on line too, brother? Absolutely. Yeah, let me ask you this, brother. Uh, um, think about it, as, as black men. Tell me one thing that black men have a collective agreement. If you do this, we're going to kill you. Tell me one thing that, generally speaking, you can guarantee if you do that to a black man that the general agreement is that not only he's going to kill you, but he should kill you. What do we have that that's sacred to us? Wait, can you repeat that, brother? Hello? Yeah. I, I said, what do black men hold so sacred that if you violate this, then we will kill you? That's our children, brother. Our creations, our offspring. Well, let me ask our you. Our future. Now, that, that's a good answer, but let me ask you. 
and our family. Amen. Our manhood as well. Wait a minute. Did R. Kelly molest a little black girl? Yes, he did. Is he here? <laughs> yes, he is. Okay, let me ask you a question. What do black men hold so sacred that if you violate it, we will kill you? Our manhood. One of the the brothers said manhood. How many brothers out here are involved in homosexuality? A whole nation. There you go. So when we start looking at it, see, for some people say that's not a good question. Well, let me ask it different. What is it that a white so-called Jew holds so sacred that if you mess with it, he'll kill you? I can name a few things. Exactly. <laughs> name it. That's what I'm talking about. You can name a few things. Fact. And an Italian as well. Exactly. Or I Asian. can name a few things. Mm-hmm. Or Asian. money. That's right. Your kids. Their family. Their family. Um, you know, certain aspects of their their iconic tradition, whether it be, you know, the, the synagogue. If, if you burn the synagogue down and mess the Torah up, you know what I'm saying? You might turn up somewhere. That's right. The wailing wall. Go there and try to pee on the wailing wall, man. They cut your face off. But the black man. You can rape his daughter and urinate on him. You can rape him. You can shoot his son's dead in the street. Oh. You can beat his son in the street. His iPhone and his Jordans. My bad. Damn, how could I forget? Oh, that's right. His Jordans. That's right. His Jordans. That's right. His Jordans. Them Jordans, boy. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you. Well, it's Xbox. Don't mess with his Xbox, man, because that might be an issue. Don't fuck with this Madden. Nigga, <laughs> my God, for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and this this is we 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 laugh and it's good that we can make jest of it, but the reality of it is this: if we are men, my opinion is, as much as I would like to say our women, we ain't at the point of manhood where we can say our women because that would be a huge jump. We should at least start where we really got a reasonable place to start. We should at least say. We will absolutely not allow anybody to violate our children. And it's a basis for a platform. In 1950, the police was beating our heads brutally. But we had a lot of other things that we took for granted that were in place. So we could galvanize around police brutality because we had enough manhood to do it. And it was something that people would understand because of what we were dealing with. We're not in 1950. Is police brutality a problem? Yeah. Are we going to ultimately have to go to war with them? Brother Jeannie, can I add on to that, brother? Yes, sir. And this was something that the Sisters Out I talked about on the show that we had on Friday that the majority of the children, the majority of the participants in the civil rights movement were high school, college, and also junior high school students those were children that were getting their heads bashed in who adopted the turn-the-cheek policy that Reverend Martin Luther King was adopting. And nobody's, nobody's parents was banging for them. 
Like, there wasn't no adults running up in Alabama, Birmingham, you know, uh, dumping on those Europeans that was on public, on, on national television, hitting those children with bricks, sticking dogs on them and fire hoses. Mm. You know, and it, it, it you know, it, it seems as if that era, from that era there, from, from, from that era there on, it began to become a compromise in terms of what the world, you know, what you were not allowed to do to our children. Because prior to that, you couldn't put your hands on no black children without getting, you know what I mean? Like, you was getting sent up. That's so true, brother. That's true. That's true. Now, you, I, I ain't gonna lie, I ain't never even considered that. So, essentially, we train the world to beat our children and trained our children to take being beat. So, again, that, and you really put a real highlight on the whole discussion. That's what I'm talking about. That's not manhood. Look, if we took the position that we're going to protect our children, we're going to educate our community to the fact that black men are alive again, and our first priority even though we got a lot of things to do, our first priority, before we deal with pigs, before we deal with devils, before we deal with the, 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 the miseducation, before we do, I'm not saying we're not going to be dealing at the same time. We, do, we can do it all the same time, but I'm saying our major priority is to bring a stop, a screeching stop to the sexual violation of black children. And we're going to do it in a public way where we're going to educate. It's going to be our conversation. We're going to get in the streets and start talking to young people and give them a movement to believe in now. They don't believe in nothing, but they want to. But they ain't getting nothing but Nicki Minaj and Lil Wayne. You can't believe in nothing with that stuff. They don't have public enemy. They don't have KRS-One. They don't have anything equivalent to self-respect that we had coming up that made it possible for people of my generation to have a real sense of culture and self-respect right in a music that we thought was ours, you know. They don't have that. So now is it coming upon black men to hit up with them and, 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 and inspire them, inoculate our young people with a sense of self-love and purpose? And what better purpose than we're going to make the lives of the children that come behind us safer than what our lives were like. And our young people would love to have their own movement to protect and clean up their community from this sick sexual savagery that was pushed on us by these white folks. They would love that. Please, hello? Yes. The Frank, you still here? Irritating yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And I agree with you, brother. I definitely agree with what you're saying. Blue, are you still there? Yes, I am. Okay. Indeed. Uh, Brother uh, Irritated Genie, still there? Yes, sir. Okay. No no doubt. So uh, I definitely continue the convo. 
So what you're saying, I wanted to ask you a question about what you were saying about the influences, the modern-day influences that our children have dealing with their quote-unquote icons and, you know, the, the influential um, entertainers that are amongst them inside of the hip-hop industry like Wayne, Drake, Nicki Minaj, and all of these things. And I do agree with you that what they're promoting is very um, counterculture in terms of, you know, what it is, what it's going to take to help us as a people and as a community and as a nation to protect ourselves and to, um, you know, even be aware of what's happening. It's actually, what they're actually doing is, in my humble opinion, is promoting, you know, if I was a pedophile or if I was a nefarious individual who was looking to take advantage and abuse uh, certain demographics of people, I would listen to the music to pay attention to the messages that they were surveying, they're giving the people, and I would just be able to work around that. So they don't even have to be as crafty as they were decades or years ago because the culture is allowing for individuals to come and take advantage of their victims. Like they're promoting all of this, um, they're, they're actually promoting the um, acceptance of uh, irresponsible lifestyles. Popping pills, turning up, getting drunk as a white boy wasted, you know, mm. um, all kind of sexual activities that people um, of a of a right mind would deem irresponsible, anal, you know, all kind of different forms of sex. Just being a trisexual, trying out anything. Um, mm. There's all of these new drugs on the market that will totally inebriate you. Pills. You know, everybody's taking, you know, all, there's all forms of pills that are being taken uh, by the youth at this point that um, remove them from uh, making um, conscious decisions about what it is, you know, all of the date rape and drugs that are out there. Uh, cocaine is on a rise, heroin, heroin and things of that nature. So I do agree with you, brother, that it's, it's a counterculture with a lot of dire results. If one was to sit back and look at it, that's why we have a lot of people that are coming up missing. When you study the stories, it has a lot to do with women are being abducted from outside of nightclubs, after nightclubs, you know, late night strolls and things of that nature, you know, um, from parties, you know, colleges. They, they're reporting a lot of people missing from colleges and things of that nature. So, what do you feel that it would take from a community of quote-unquote conscious organizations, the RBG organizations, the Hebrew Israelite organizations, the NOI, the brothers and sisters who stand for, you know, who, in my humble opinion, would be the, the candidates to police the community and would be the ones who we will have to put these things on their shoulders to turn this around because they do stand on the platform or the foundation that they say that they're the warriors and the protectors of the black family. And it's not going to be a popular answer, but uh, this is something that happened to me. Uh, man, it's been a process, but what I've started to realize is that the this next movement is not necessarily going to come from the usual suspects. And what I mean by that is, you think when you see somebody with red, black, and green, there are a lot of assumptions you make. One, you don't think there's nothing you can say to this brother to get him to think he should date a white female because he knows that whites are enemies. Two, he's against homosexuality. 
any gay dude come around him, he's going to punch him in the head. Three, he'll be appalled at pedophilia and be ready to shoot somebody that will that rape a little child. He'd be, he'd be so angry, he'd be ready to burn their house down. These are assumptions that, through my time, I found are wrong. Uh, the people who I think that are going to fight this don't necessarily exist within the confine of any institutions at this time. Some of them do. But a lot of our institutions have become corrupt. And I don't mean just lazy. I mean, a lot of them are homosexual institutions posing as Pan-African institutions because homosexuals have taken the power positions in those institutions. So for years, I thought with you, it made a lot of sense. Man, we tell the people what the problem is, and we're going to do something about it. But those have been the very institutions that we've had to fight. I'll tell a quick story so you can understand what I'm saying. So I'm not talking in, so people can say the brother's really talking real talk. All right. In love with the Nation of Islam since I was young because it was a powerful institution. Thought Minister Farrakhan, thought the world of him, you know, loved him. Now he was, it was God then Minister Farrakhan. You know what I'm saying? If you, if, you, if you put Jesus above Minister Farrakhan, we'd be in a fight. You know what I'm saying? Minister Farrakhan. But as this homosexual thing started becoming an issue, i never forget. I was not a Muslim, but just out of respect for the nation, there was a brother that was a Christian preacher, but he was, he, I thought he was pro-black. He had a black church, black Jesus, had the ancestors on the church thing, talking black power. So we thought the brother was solid, even though we was not Christian. So I'd go, you know, support the brother or whatever. So um, one day the nation was having a brother, Willie Wilson, speak at their church. And um, i never forget this, man. I went to hear what he had to say here in Mosque Number 4, Kenilworth Avenue. i never forget this, man. He gets up there in front of all the brothers and sisters in the mosque and start talking and say, and I got to say something to y'all. Y'all being so hard on the homosexuals, y'all got to stop that. And I was like, whoa. And I never forget how everybody in the mosque just braced, and they was looking real funny. And um, the minister up on the stage just kind of braced. Like, I could tell it, his spirit. He was like, I didn't get this dude out of here. But what Minister Farrakhan had told them that they would have this guy there, so it wasn't their choice. And as I was leaving, I was looking at one of the brothers because I left, man. I'm not standing around for this. You're going to let this dude come up here and tell y'all to love fags? I'm like, I was, I was, I was like, this is not possible. The nation would never let this happen. I'm talking to the brother because he had seen me years ago. He said, you know, you're going to be a, 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 a minister. So we was, we was cool. And I was like, what's going on, bro? Did you hear what the dude just said? And he put his head down. And then nothing he could say because it wasn't like he was going to defend no homosexuality. He's a strong brother, and I'm looking at him. I'm like, dang, he can't do nothing. He's a soldier on stand down. There's nothing he can do, but he don't agree with it. And when I said, I got to go, bro, he said, I understand, bro. I appreciate it, man. Good seeing you. I was like, no problem, man. Good seeing you, soldier. So I left, and I was like, yo, this is deep. Man, that was in the 90s. You fast forward to 2005, the millions more march, and they got a, a homosexual named Cleo Monago at their march saying, I'm a same gender loving dude. I, you know, I'm with dudes. and Thank Minister Farrakhan for supporting us, da, da, da. So I'm like, wow. This is the institution I would have thought, because, you know, under most honor Elijah Muhammad, if he was here, he'd have been like, give them all the support we can give them. The whites are the devils. He's proven that they the devils. He's showing us that they the devils. Help that man. It don't matter if he's not Muslim. Really, he'd have been like, deep down inside, he's a Muslim. Just help him. 
But now it's the total reverse. It's taught the homosexuals. Elijah Muhammad would have never done that. My point being, that's an institution that traditionally has been very helpful to black liberation. Well, now you can't call on them to fight this because they support it. I mean, it is what it is. There ain't no two ways about it. Now, that don't mean everybody in there supports it, but if it's supported from the top, it's support. It is what it is. And if I go to the Uhuru movement, there's one time the Uhuru movement down in St. Petersburg, when them white folk cops would kill black people, next thing you know, it would be a race war on the street. I remember the 80s, man. There was bodies all over the place in St. Petersburg. Now, they done married up with the same homosexual that the nation had out there, Cleo Monago. Now, they saying Uhuru stands one and we are one and we will protect the rights of homosexual blacks in the black community. So they're not saying we'll protect the rights of black people against being bullied into this or protect black people against pedophiles. We'll protect the pedophiles and homosexuals, even though they call it LGBT, add P in the LGBTP, lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender pedophiles. So my point is, you know, we talk about these, like you said, what is it going to take to get there? It ain't going to take nothing because they ain't going to do it. What we got to do is figure out what gets the pulse of the warriors, no matter what they call themselves. Yeah, okay, let me do this. And I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but there's a group of, I believe they're Hebrew Israelites. I think they are. They call it GOCC. Had us on there. Of course, you know, we don't agree with everything. But they had me on three times. The third time I came on their program, they want to talk about all this stuff. We got to talk about history. I said, well, look, we ain't going to agree on what God But once we agree on, we need to stop. Hold on. Lesson our- your phone is your phone's tapping up. Hello? Yeah. That's my phone? Yeah, maybe yours. Red, you might have to put your phone on mute for a second. Hold on, I got slow. Okay, can you hear me now? Yes, indeed. Okay, Okay, so I'm talking to the GOCC, and I'm like, look, we're not going to agree on religion. You call God. We're not going to agree, all right? I'm a pan-African. I'm I'm a Haitianist. It's about fighting these devils. I said, but look, we agree that people should stop molesting children, right? I'm going to tell you, man, it really disappointed me. Because, you know, when I think of the Hebrew Israelites, a lot of times I say, there's some soldier-type dudes. A lot of times I heard them talk strong on this. So now I don't know which group it is, but long story short, they ain't want to talk about that. I mean, they ran from that discussion so fast and so furious. I was like, yo, it ain't coming from them. What's going to happen is everyday black people who don't have no pre-existing consciousness or pan-African or or he, it ain't coming from those groups because those groups have already decided what they're going to do. They're going to do what they're doing. It's going to be the brothers and sisters that hear this that don't have no pre-existing philosophy and hear this call, and they're going to say, you know what? I think that's the right cause. Just like Robert F. Williams, he wasn't dealing with no pre-existing groups. He said they're going to stop hanging people. I got guns. I teach y'all how to shoot. And he organized the black people in Monroe, North Carolina, that started the Black Power Movement. Just like Brother Garvey, he ain't had no pre-existing groups all like that. He said, up you mighty race, you can accomplish what you will. I'm going to put my own group together, and here are our goals and objectives. And like-minded people, whether they was Muslims, Christians, they all, it didn't matter because they was black 
and it was something that resonated with them. These pre-existing groups ain't going to fight this. Matter of fact, I'm going to say it one more time. Hear me. They, they more gayer than we think. They more gay than they are straight. They be, and it's not because they started that way, but they've been infested with homos who are in positions of power now or race traders and integrationists. So they, 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 they do whatever they do for our community, but they ain't going to fight this war. This requires a new warrior, one who understands the type of race war we're in now, the modern battlefield. He ain't coming out with a one-shooter with some powder. So he got his AK-47, and he's ready to hit the streets and fight a new fight that we have not fought before. So it ain't necessarily no, no track record of how to fight it. You can't say a few black powers and power to the people and stuff. That, was, that worked at a time, and it worked because it was fresh then. It wasn't done before. They were, they were timely. This is different. It requires a new energy, and the old vanguards, most of them, for the most part, ain't going to help. Mm. You got to give you your uh, obligatory bomb. over here, over on Notre Legs, we do a 11-11 meditation, let people, you know, filter in what's being discussed for the evening, and they settle their mind on that, you know, and when we come back from that, we're going to go to our callers, but we do have hands up in the call queue, and I'm sure that there's family out there that is listening that want to, uh, you know, let their voice be heard as well, Okay. Yes, sir. Indeed, family. All right, so we got about four minutes left. Um, real quick, well, I'll do that when we come back. I see the brother King Simons on the on the line. I want you to let the family know right before we do go to our eleven eleven break. You will be coming to New York this Sunday, correct? Yes, sir. Uh, okay. It'll be Sunday. Indeed. We'll be at the National Black Theater, uh, 2 p.m. Um, we're going to have Baba Baruti, premier scholar of the 21st century, Professor Griff, Sister Zaza Ali, uh, and yours truly, the Irritated Genie, and special guest performance by United Front. So it's going to be a fantastic evening. Um, uh, and, and, and the whole topic is the sixth sexual assault on our youth. And we're going to be talking about how we can organize and do something to to change this environment to protect our children from being sexually abused. Absolutely. All right. So, family, um, for tickets, you might want to call 347-496-1022. If you're in the city, you want to go and get your tickets directly from Nicholas Brooklyn. Okay? I know that she has tickets. I'm sure that they have tickets at other venues as well. We're going to be bringing Brother King Simon on after the break. So prepare for this meditation. Get yourself in a, preferably in a pitch black place. Feet flat to the floor. Hands pointed upwards on the palm of the knees. Index fingers and thumbs touching, forming a pyramid. Tip of the tongue touching the roof of the mouth. Pulling the air from your abdominals. Through the nose, out the mouth. Uh... 
and we're going to be meditating to the mantra of Omni Padme Om, which stands for the perfect balance between the masculine and the feminine principle. Okay? We will be back shortly.
when she was in Jamaica years ago, um, or molested, let's say, and Jamaica is over here, and I know that when you do harm any children or young people just by experiencing and, and how my mother deal with relationships at her age up to this day, she has not remarried since because these type of things affect your, your, some you from you and really scar you from a young age. And we got to really, and when, I, when I'm on the train and I teach, I tell people, look, we got to find out what's going on in the schools. We got to teach these young people how to recognize when people are making that type of advancement to them in the music business, in the community. I had a friend of mine some years ago that a teacher was molesting her daughter in a closet in the school, you know, and then to hear, you know, the the, the interview that King um, Samir did with that 23-year-old that basically molesting their three-month child, three-month-old child, children, and, and, you know, finding out that she was also molested and, and, and raped by people in her family. You know, this is, uh, and I, I hear what Dr. Omar said uh, in that old interview, but... There, there comes a time when it's beyond rehabilitating. Believe that. It's beyond rehabilitating. And um, to have Dr. Baruti in as far as representing the educational uh, scene because he has a school out there in Atlanta. And, of course, Professor Griff from the music industry business. And, of course, our brother, Irritated Genie, who was in the midst of that government and in the midst of our community, seeing what's going on, and, of course, all of us being fathers and mothers and Zaza Ali coming from a motherly and female perspective, you know, this is going to be a high-powered event. I, I do advise everybody to get there early. Doors do open at 2 p.m. sharp, and I will be on that stage at 2.45 because I don't want to – I want to say what I have to say about the Stay Alert Coalition that I'm forming here in New York and want to take it nationwide. It's called the Stay Alert Coalition, where we got to find where these halfway houses are. And if we have to bring, if we got to come as men and, and bring the popo or whatever, just the other day we was at Vaughn King Park, brothers and brothers and sisters that are listening, we was at Vaughn King Park at Tompkins. And the brothers there at this festival had to guard the bathroom because there was a homeless guy and run this homeless guy out of the park because there was a homeless guy trying to talk to the children as they were going into the bathroom. And this was just a week and a half ago. So we don't know who's who or what's what, but when you have halfway houses in different communities that they're setting up with these molesters and these rapists in the community, we as men and women have to take a stand, and it's a serious thing. I have nine children. I have three girls and uh, six boys, and I have two grandchildren. So I know that if I hear that certain that's going to go on, you know, all the training that I've gotten under Dr. Khaled when he was in Nation Islam and all the training I had when I was in the Ansar and all the training I've had under Dr. Moses Powell and little John Davis and Anthony Muhammad will be beneficial. Because one thing about Dr. Powell, he was one person that wasn't into tournament fighting. He was always into teaching us straight kills and straight, straight destroying people. So all those brothers and sisters that want to train, I suggest, uh, and have a trained eye, I, I suggest you come and join this coalition. Also be down with what, what the straight black, uh, uh, straight black uh, movement that uh, Brother Genie is talking about being down with KTL, being down with what Chris is doing, all of us have to come collectively and shut the goddamn cameras off. 
I'm, I'm looking for a place where we can actually just talk without returning the cell phones, put them away, and let's talk and let's really uh, organize this because it's gonna it's gonna take us to do this because this this is a real real war and like Colin says we gotta be saints, saviors, soldiers, scholars, healers, and killers. Done deal for me. I I look at my little my grandchildren, my progeny, my my legacy. And I tears came to my eyes, even when I'm teaching on the train and I look at the faces of women that I know they got molested or something. Somebody fondled them. And I teach on the train. And they, everybody's shaking their head saying, you know, he's right. He's right. You know, people, but people keep a blind eye. The blind eye has to stop. And when somebody like me that loves to smile and laugh decides to put a knife in my mouth or put a knife in my hand or a gun or whatever might come in my hand to stop this. Okay, who's listening? I roll by myself, but you don't know how much people roll with me. <laughs> just in just in spirit. So I know what it is. And I feel the pain of, of, of what of, of what people like Pure Tina TV is saying. I feel the pain of what, what people like Sister Dick is saying. I feel the pain of what Sister Azaza Ali I have a mother that was raped and molested by a, a uncle that was married into a family when she was young. Mm. So that kind of stuff is hurtful and painful. And I didn't find out till late because this was my favorite uncle when I was like seven years old. And then I find out that wow. he's dead and all that. This is what I find out. You know what I'm saying? So this, 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 this thing is, is painful to me. It's, it's dear to my heart because it's been that close to me. And it has affected my own mother to the point that after her marriage with uh, my father, she never remarried and never wanted to deal with another man ever again. She has maintained asexual, no dealing with nobody, period. And this is what happens to some of our women. This is what happens. Our mothers, our aunts, we have to look at this. Look, bro, uh, look I'm sorry, National Black Theater this coming Sunday. It's on and popping. The Stay Coalition, I'm forming myself and with everybody else. It wants to join. And you can hit me up at stayalertcoalition at gmail.com or hit me up on Facebook and King Simon, whatever. But it has been dear to my heart just knowing what's been happening in my own family, and I'm finding out real late after everybody's dead and gone. Sorry, brothers, but that, I just had to get that off my chest. Peace. Peace. And you made a good point. You know, some people have violated and got away with it, and they also planned it already. You know what I'm saying? And what they've left behind is, is a stain. You know what I'm saying? And, and that stain is, is something that people now have to continue to live with. Whether it's a person that now continues to molest, or like you said, they just have a very arbitrary attitude towards life and towards, you know, different people in their relations. And they become sour on certain things, and then that starts spilling over, you know? And um, there's also an epidemic that we're seeing in our schools where, you know, there are women that are abusing young boys, you know what I'm saying? So we can't identify all the cases and say, well, were those women themselves abused? But by the patterns of behavior that we're looking at in regards to, you know, how abused people end up becoming abusers, and we're looking at the numbers, and like you said, I don't think the blind eye is being turned is just in our community. I think this is the blind eye being turned in society, period. 
mm-hmm. you know. And then, like I said, with the, the acculturation of society, the way that, you know, especially black male masculinity is promoted coincidingly with black male sexuality, you know what I'm saying? And then um, sometimes some of these uh, teachers that are coming into these schools outside of our neighborhoods the first time that they are in the uh, position where they're in close proximity to that level of sexuality, and now they are uh, living out their fantasies, you know, with, 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 with young children that might be willing or might, might not be willing, you know? And, that's right. You know, that's, that's, that's something to get swept under the rug as well because as many instances as we see that you might slip open and barely move and they caught another teacher and another teacher, imagine how many got away because these are ones that slipped up. You know, the boy was talking too much or he was overheard or he just couldn't deal with it no more. But imagine how many of them got away. That's right. That's right. Absolutely right, brother. Absolutely right. So, you know, and, and, and then, you know, in those instances of what you're talking about where you're talking about the, the, the women, the young girls that may have been molested and they don't want male companionship anymore in their lives and then we're seeing this resurgence and lesbianism, you know, is the way to deal with it necessarily to condemn it because those women need some sort of counseling and therapy and things of that nature and they might not ever be quote unquote right. You know what I'm saying? But this is something now that we have to live with. And are we to push them out of society or push them out of the community? Is there not a place for them as well? They are victims. So how are we going to deal with that? So if, if I'm understanding you correct, you're saying what about the the sisters who've been molested uh, and, and brothers, I guess, as well, who have been seriously damaged by this molestation? How do we deal with it? Yes, how do we deal well, with them? Here's the thing. That's why I say what King Simon is doing is extremely important because we're already doing this work. Baba Rudy is doing this work. I'm doing this work. Griffin's eyes are doing their work. But if no one facilitates the space and time for the community to come together and discuss what we're dealing with, then it really is no way to deal with that because without a collective consciousness for the agreement that we have to target this for failure and destruction, this, this, this cycle of sexual abuse in the community, we have to target it for, for destruction. If that doesn't happen, then it's individuals talking about it, trying to do what they can do. When King Simon says, no, I'm bringing the people who believe this needs to be stopped together so that we can organize something different happens. Because now we can say, okay, this is bad behavior. This pedophilia is linked to homosexuality. They're two and the same. So if you're involved in either one of them, you're doing something detrimental to our community. Once that happens, now people have the first opportunity to begin to look at their own behavior and to consider what they're doing. Now, my opinion would be this. My opinion would be this. We make it very clear under no uncertain terms. Not people who've been accused of pedophilia, but people who are guilty of pedophilia the crime should be punished by, by death, by black standards. However, 
What about the person that's been violated and is now involved in homosexuality? What we say is we're cleaning our communities up of pedophiles and the homosexuals are next. So what that means is those people that are involved in it, now they have the information. They know why it happened. They can look in their own life. They can seek help. But at some point, it's not going to be nothing to debate or negotiate. You don't, yes, you have the right to be hurt from pain. But it's like if somebody come down the street and they rob your house, that doesn't give you the right to come over and kill me. It doesn't give you that right. It doesn't give you the right because somebody robbed you to sell drugs in my community. Yes, it was wrong they stole from you, and if it makes you poor, now you're suffering. I understand why you're selling dope, but at some point, we got to say, okay, the dope got to stop. So what I'm saying here is we know that one of the outgrowths of pedophilia can be homosexuality, but it doesn't have to be. A person still has a choice not to go that direction. And what we've got to do is enforce the penalty enough on the pedophile with the promise that the next step is homosexuality, that we push everybody involved in this sick, sexually backwards culture and death style to begin to move the opposite direction and move towards healing. And I think that that would be the best approach. Mm-hmm. Hello? Can I ask you something? Yeah. Brother King let, me, let, me, let, me say, let me say something real quick. You know, the mm-hmm. people that have been molested and that have been psychologically messed up off of this, that's when you turn them over to Dr. Africa and Dr. Umar Johnson. Let them help them. Yes. That's when you turn them over to those people. Yes. But the ones that keep mm-hmm. on doing it and can't, and can't stop, they got to go. They really do. Uh, they really do. Uh, Thank you. To your knowledge, Brother Simon, are these brothers set up in a way in which they can receive those numbers? Like, you've been in Harlem before, right? Yes, yes, sir. Spent a lot of time in Harlem, such as myself. You know what I'm saying? A random walk in Harlem, if you walk past 20 females, how many of them, one, do you think have been molested? How many of them, two, are you think are now, you know what I'm saying, confused about their sexuality and three out of those two percentages that I'm talking about, how many of them do you think want to actually tell their story because they've never had nobody to tell it to? So are we going to also have uh, an event coincidingly with these young women, right? And lo and behold, Lord forbid, Maybe even these young boys could come forward and actually be heard because that also leads to systematic aspects of their psychology leading them someplace where they have to perpetuate the abuse that's been put on to them because they don't have nobody to talk to. They don't have nobody to not even necessarily counsel them so more so, but the quote-unquote community. Not nobody that's going to lecture them, but the community is going to hear them and show them some level of compassion because now we're talking about, you know, crimes of passion or crimes of lack of passion or lack of love. And I can't put this on because, remember, for me, Brother Simon is the one that it's his pocket that determines what can be done. And, you know, I mean, the dollars got to make sense. But 
if and I ain't gonna lie, I've always wanted to do it, but I'm not in the I'm not a promoter like Brother Simon. I, I don't know how to bring the people together to get the message and organize like that. I do what I do. But I'm saying what the brother just said, I don't know if that was brother blue pill or red pill, but yo blue. for years I'm sorry, that was brother blue pill. For years mm-hmm. I've been wanting a forum that was just open where sisters and brothers can come out and tell their story of what happened to them in an environment that says it wasn't your fault and we're not here to criticize anyone. We're here to hear and let people get it off their chest so they don't have the weirdest pain and and quiet their whole life. And, and man, I think it would be the most healing. I think that's the new face of your national tour, brother. Yes. That's serious. Yeah. Yo, man, I like y'all dudes, man. Let me just say this, man. I like y'all dudes. I don't particularly care a lot of times in the New York cast, but I like I like y'all. Y'all serious, man. This is serious stuff y'all talking, man. That's serious. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I mean, you know, the the, the messenger said if, if the messenger said if New York gets it, the whole world, the whole nation gets it. That's mm. what he said. And, and 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 we we gotta get it. I don't know what's going on in the nation of Islam right now. And I was there. I don't know what's going on there, but I know if 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 the whoever, whoever comes in after the minister, if they don't get it, that joint's gonna fall. And they gotta get this because it has it is an all-out war against young people, young males, young females turning into males, and young males turning into women. It's all out going on. I see it every day, like Fred just said. Does Dr. African Omar have it? No, they don't have it. But all of us collectively, we might not get everybody. We might have to pull out like Locke did out of Sodom and Gomorrah. We have to pull out after the like-minded people. We got to pull out and buy land and do that school like Omar's trying to do it. Do something, get that property. We might have to pull out and let them destroy themselves here. Those who want to stay, they're going to stay in, 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 these, in these big cities that it's really becoming more pervasive than ever. So we, we, we're going to have to buy our own property. We're going to have to do what the messenger did say years ago. Get out of this damn wilderness of North America. Get out of this part. Leave them alone. Let them, because once we start leaving, believe me, they'll start destroying. Once we start leaving the inner cities, it's going to start destroying. I guarantee it. I can tell. I had to actually, Kenny, I had to actually read the book of Lot about Sodom and Gomorrah over and over again to get the gist of what these people are doing. And I suggest everybody that came out of the Bible belt or Bible structure read Sodom and Gomorrah. They couldn't find, but they couldn't even find 50 people to save them when the angels came down. They couldn't find 50 according to biblical theology. They couldn't find 55 people they couldn't find to save. They had to just destroy the place. Like Bob Molly said, total destruction might be the only solution. Real talk. We don't have to do it and get out of this. Buy our own property and we can have our own laws and become amongst sovereign amongst ourselves. We're going to have to buy property and keep it moving. Together. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> Look. Enough talk. I can't talk no more. I just want to. I just want to work. I just got work. I know I got work to do. And you know, I always say this at certain lectures nowadays. Two most important days of our lives: the day we was born and the day we find out why we were born. 
Jamie knows why he's born. Twin, y'all know what y'all born to do. I know what I'm born to do. Garvey knew what he was born to do. Nat Turner knew what he was born to do. Khaled knew what he was born to do. Sir Turner Truth knew what he was born to do. And Singer knew what he was born to do. Harry Tubman knew what he was born to do. When is everybody out there, goddamn, is going to find out what to do and know what they're supposed to do that they came out of their mother's womb? Since they came out of their mother's womb, they should know what they They need to know now. But straight up. Because, it's, like Dr. Africa said, it may take 500 years, but at least within this 500-year duration, we better keep on planting it in our children, seeing our children, seeing our children, that generation to generation to come. We got to keep on planting this seed. We got to keep on doing it. I'm not. That's it, brothers. Love y'all, man. I'm here. Appreciate you, brother. I'm just upset, mm-hmm. brother, and, and, and my heart is, is painted. Finding out the stuff that I'm finding out in my family, and also, you know. And you need somewhere to heal. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, we need healing. Yes, but like I said earlier, Khalid said, saints, saviors, soldiers, scholars, healers, and killers. Those were the best six words that ever came out of that man's mouth, and I heard it over and over again at FOI class. Saints. Yes, we have to be saved to our people. Saviors, yes, we have to be saviors. Soldiers, yes, we have to be soldiers. Scholars, healers, and killers. We can't just not heal and not know how to kill. You can't just know how to kill and not know how to heal. Just like in the martial arts, if you know how to break, you know how to mend it and put it in a sling and get it back to healing parts. That's what we were taught. So we got to do that and implement it in life. Indeed. We got to implement in this life now. It's time. Thank you, my brother. Thank y'all, brother. Thank y'all. Remember, this coming Sunday ain't going to be the same. Y'all going to see me in a different form because my mind is made up. My head is made up. I'm dreaming about this thing now. My mind is made up, and I'm on the train teaching on the train and giving out flyers and seeing my young people just just, just going, running amok. Brother, look. Open the phone lines, man. I know you see it. Yeah. Yeah, brother. Yeah. You touching the cement. You know what I'm saying? It it hurts. It hurts. It hurts, brother. It hurts. But y'all, yeah, they're paying attention to y'all, though, Jeannie. They're paying attention to Professor Griff. I went into a, a, an all Jamaican uh, dentist shipping, and yo, they told me they watch Griff. And they're all Christians in there, but they said what he's saying and making a whole lot of goddamn sense. Yeah, and this is what I need to get from them. They, they're out there. They're watching. They're listening to us on that YouTube, and, and they're listening to KTL. And I thank all of y'all listening on KTL for supporting me. Believe me, sometimes I do this on I do this on a shoestring budget. This is all I do every day, all day. I work for no one. I work for no one. But this is what I, sometimes I have to just do because Dr. Ben said it. I need to keep on doing it. Need to keep on doing it. And this is in the spirit of all my ancestors, modern and ancient. And I'm telling y'all, brothers and sisters, it's going to happen. We're going to turn this over. If people, promoters like me in every state come together, y'all, if y'all listening to KTL, email me at Stay Alert Coalition. We can work this out and tour this and build this and then shut off the cameras and go and be quiet and talk and, and plan and 
phone as far as I'm concerned because they're taping everything we say. Everything is being said, so we need to shut it off, put the cell phones away, put the Facebook away, and sit down quietly and deal with this without no no instructions. Just deal and talk and let's see how. Because even an FBI agent, if they have if they have children, even if it's a police officer, if they have children, they're not gonna let nobody molest their child. They're gonna kill for their child too. I don't care who you are, what government you work for, even if you're listening now, if your child got molested or raped, you ain't going to let nobody kill or molest or, or rape your child. No man, no man or woman in their right mind in any agency out there right now, whether it be Homeland Security or whatever, will let that child be raped. Done. Done deal. Thank you. See you, my brother. Hey. We're going to take our next caller. Child, we're going to go to caller from 860-680-860. Caller. Peace. Yes. Good evening, guys. I got a guy tonight. Greetings. Yeah. One thing I would like to ask Aaron D.G. for all night is, what is your definition between love and hate? That's my one question. What is the definition of what? Of your definition of love and hate. Uh, my definition of love and hate, I guess love is a strong emotion of a positive feeling towards something, and hate is a strong negative emotion towards something. Okay. The reason why I ask this question is because our people still have not made the decision to know the difference. Because this shit right here has been taught to us for such a long time. And it's because of this. This is why most of our people are not moving to a core to really, really deal with the problems we see today. You know what I'm saying? Because it's just like the human body. The human body protects itself when infection comes and has to destroy everything, everything, so it does the body could return back to um, health, to its health. That's why black people look at every situation that they see today in regards to the them, to the uncles, anybody that's doing these reverse and causing disruption, they have to go. And at times, you know, most people when you or anybody else talk about us, they get a little funny because it still go back to if you really understand that, you and this will never we have another discussion. The uncle that did this and the daughter that tell you that he's molested by the, by his own uncle, and you gonna take his side and and at the end of the day, let you know that you don't give a fuck about your kids. I, I come across few people on my, my on my page that ask this question because I saw a video on one particular person that got raped years ago. And out of people I asked this question, I should really ask this question, but I had to ask because it by my psychology, because a young girl told me this, um, we were friends, that she was molested when she was young. And I asked every one of these females that, 20 up, that have you been in touch. And out of the 20 average, only three have not gotten that trauma, but the majority of them did. And some mm-hmm. still said they turned gay or they couldn't really go on with their lives functionally. So... People got to look at it. This is a really serious issue, and this should not be swept in the rug. Out of all things that we have problem, this is one thing that our people should really pay more attention and really take serious action because we are creating generational monsters. And the people that's getting away, they feel very comfortable in, in the land that, you know, time is promoting this shit. And now they have, I think now since last year, probably removed the pedophilia off the books. And really, homosexual, if that's what I want to say. But now they're trying to slowly condition people now accept it, just how they accept this, this culture they call homosexuality. 
Because right now, our people really are adamant. And then only a few people don't like it, but most of the majority, they find it cool now. At least find our state days. So what's next? That pedophile shit. And I don't see how far much people go so like that, like that shit when that start come up. You know, that's the reason why I brought that question up. Because I see this is going to get very worse. And, you know, mm-hmm. people are pills and irritating. And they, they you, I think, yeah, they, they they feel comfortable with this sickness, you know. And it, it just bothers me, you know. I mean, but, you know, what y'all doing is good. And, you know, some some have some proper action needs to be really addressed and direct. Either private, where how you do it, but it has, some action has to start taking because now they they now step in to try to go in the kill now. Now people are just sleeping ready to get into a slaughterhouse. Thank you, All brother. Right. Yeah, thank you. Right. Yeah, you. yeah, you know he he said, he said something, and uh, you know many times I think I think it's a common theme that uh, black people have come to that basically the Europeans are like a cancer. And and, 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 and and you know, antibodies are necessary to kill the cancer in the body and it's not that white cell takes over white cancer cells take over the body and destroy it. Um, so I definitely understand where he's coming from, but it, it, it brought me into the mind of another analogy that I like to use when we talk about pedophilia. And I hope this analogy is helpful for people. Um when you look at a concept that comes from Europeans, they call it the uh, vampire. And the way it works is the vampire is this monster that sucks the blood and the life out of a being. But sometimes, whatever sickness they have, they go and they bite someone, and it turns that individual into a zombie. Now, that individual looks similar to what they looked like originally, but they're no longer there. Physically, they look like they're there, but they're rotten. And all zombies do is go around and, 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 and make other folks zombies. They bite them and turn them into what they are. And so the pedophile is like the vampire who goes around and molests a child, who then becomes a zombie that now is so negatively affected, many times you go around and this cycle continues, and that looks like my brother or my uncle, but really it's a monster inside there, and he's going to touch me and mess me, then, he gonna, then I'm going to go do it. So when we're dealing with this kind of thing, the way you deal with a vampire is you kill him. Then you got to, unfortunately, the zombies that are going around trying to get, you can't unzombify them. If somebody fights off the zombie, you know, to bite the, and they, 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 they resist it and don't turn, fine. But if they're going around creating and continuing the problem, you got to get rid of the problem. So we got to get to the point where we realize that the sexual abuse of our people it's not a small issue and nothing that be hidden. It's a premise for a war and for us to win, or at least a battle in a war for our survival. And we got to take it like, look, the vampires that come around that bite our people, that violate our people, and begin the process of destroying our family, we're going to take this cancer, cut it out, and get rid of it. We got to do it. It must parts our people don't like to hear, but it has to be done. Um, one question, Eric, do you still have War on Horizon radio station? Do I still have the War on Horizon radio station? Okay. Is there anywhere I could, like, um, I don't know when you have it days, times, but anywhere to keep listings? Like, I don't know, Facebook, yeah, it's, it's, it's the War on Horizon station. None of the information is changed. Same phone number, same uh, Internet connection. It's always been, yeah. I'll probably have to ask Star Walk if, if anywhere to get the link to that. All right. 
Okay. All right, thanks, Bill. I'm not going to hold more time. Thanks, Bill. Thank you, Ken. All right, call him from the 713-398-713-398. Call him. Peace. Greetings, beloved family. Um, I just Peace. wanted to make a couple comments, please. Um, many of our melanin-dominant brothers and sisters are defenseless, I believe, because uh, we're putting on spiritual armor of God, the God of the melanin recessives, and it's grieved our spirits into complacency and accepting the perversions and abominations of pedophilia and homosexuality, bestiality, sexual perversions, and all that sort of thing, which appears to be endorsed by the heads of state and the Vatican. And we've been dumbed down. And so we look at the beast and concentrate on his smile instead of its eye. The church perpetrators are functioning in full view and acknowledgement of a tolerant congregation. They know mm. they know what's going on. And simply, mm. pedophilia and homosexuality are abominations. But it's being taught in pre-K and kindergarten. It's in books mm. such as I Have Two Mommies. It's a systematic, methodical plan of genocide and depopulation. And easy to propagandize because pedophilia and homosexuality are taboo subjects, so they're tolerated. Our third eyes are shut. Our very spirit is numb. Another aspect of the assault is the plastics, the estrogens, the GMOs, the chemicals, the vaccinations. Poison sprayed in the air, television, mm-hmm. you know, all these things, um, they they initiate a predisposition to mutant sexual behavior and for aberrant mindsets. And our community continues to tolerate this. We tolerate the initiates of homosexuality and pedophilia because in many ways, including allowing our girls to dress provocatively and allowing our boys to wear their pants hanging down, you know, this activates the deviant minds of perverts and pedophiles. And I do agree with capital punishment. If the guilty act is proven beyond all doubt, yes. And, you know, as the late comedian Robin Harris said, just pull the plug. So thank you, thank you, my beloved brother. It's refreshing to hear and know some other people are appalled by the depravity and they're willing to stand up and say something and do something about it untelevised. Just pull the plug. And, and oh, let me say one more thing, please. Stop leaving our children in the hands of so many other people. Mm. Take care of your own children. And when your children try to tell you something, listen and believe. Take heed and take action. We have to protect ourselves. Thank you, my brother. Thank you. Peace. Peace. She was on point. All I can say is Yes, he was. You know? 
Let's go to caller from the 567-201. Caller from the 567. Peace. Peace, peace, peace. Uh, peace, greetings. Greetings. I just wanted to say uh, there's a group of pedophiles that are very, very organized. And they had an association that's been around for a very long time, from what I understand. I think it goes back to the 60s. It's called NAMBLA, National Association of Man-Boy Love. And they push... They donate money. They push, I mean, the whole nine to, uh, they're supporting the homosexual agenda so that they can, uh, if they can get people to desensitize to homosexuality, and they can eventually get people desensitized to pedophilia. And, I mean, they, they're very highly organized and putting up, pumping a lot of money into this. And uh, I think Brother Umar talked about them before, but I just hadn't heard them mentioned. And I just think people need to take heed to understand that because some people might know it's an issue, but they might not think it's an actual organized assault. This is an organized assault that they are doing. And uh, and uh, and, uh, what, and, uh, and that's what's going on out here. I mean, it's this is this uh, like this is just as serious as them going over the some other country and getting drugs and guns and dropping it off in the community. I mean, it's just, it's, it's on the same level as that. That's right. That's all and, I have um, to say. Thank you, brother. I'm glad you brought that up. For brothers and sisters out there that are listening, it's called the North American Man-Boy Love Association, uh, NAMBLA. And um, the brother's absolutely correct, but what most people don't know is that that organization was instrumental in the gay rights movement. In fact, I want you to do two things. Um, well, one in particular, I want you to go look up the 1972 Gay Rights Platform. If you look up the 1972 Gay Rights Platform, you'll find that the homosexuals got together, 200 of them in Chicago, which is a political center of homosexuality in this country. Uh, and they said, these are the things that we want to have uh, as rights for homosexuals in this country. And among those things was uh, the right to uh, have child custody and legal adoptions, um, to be able to teach homosexuality as a valid alternative to heterosexuality in the classrooms to students, and the repeal of all laws governing the age of sexual consent, meaning it would be legal to have sex with a two-year-old child or, or a one-year-old baby. These are things that are part of the gay rights platform in 1972, and to the brother's point, NAMLA. The North American Man-Boy Love Association, uh, which is the most prominent of the pedophile organizations, but among other organizations, were instrumental in helping to put together the gay rights platform. And if you go, that's the first thing I want you to look up. Then I want you to look up the 1993 Gay Rights March on Washington, and I want you to watch uh, the, 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 uh, the video on it. Just put 1993 Gay Rights March on Washington in YouTube and watch the uh, specials on it where you see the homosexuals and pedophiles together saying that their objective is to make it acceptable that you can have sex with animals, children, and, and these are the homosexuals stating that this is their agenda. So when the brother says that this is organized, uh, he is absolutely 100% correct, and that's why we got to organize the fight. That's great. 
six. All right, call up from the three four seven three six five three four seven. Call up, please. Peace. Greetings. Greetings, brother. You have How are you all doing? Um, I wanted to say that um, a week ago, this Tuesday night, a week ago. Um, well, I'm here. I live in the Flatbush area. I was just saying Hello? that. <clears throat> can you hear me? Yes, we can. Yes, I wanted to quickly say that. Um, there was an announcement being made on the street, and I didn't know what it was, but it was actually a truck going through the neighborhood and spraying the stuff. It was like a few minutes after 10 o'clock, and I didn't know what it was at first, and then when I rolled up the window, then I realized that these people were spraying chemicals in the neighborhood, talking about some West Nile virus, but... It's crazy because it's been super cold at night, so that's just some food for thought. It's really crazy. But um, I wanted to say um, thank you to the brothers and thank you also to um, King Simon and the other elder that's there um, for their efforts. I'm definitely um, a survivor of um, um, sexual abuse by the hand of um, a dead sibling. So, um, yeah, it's, 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 um, it's, it's real. It's real. But thank you um, for um, putting it out there, you know, sharing this information and getting something started. It's beautiful work that you brothers are doing. Um, keep up the great work, and I wish you all the best. Blessings to everyone. Have a blessed one. Thank Peace. Blessings to you as well. Thank you. Peace and light. Peace and light, brother. Brother Blue Pill and Brother Red Pill. Yes. Um, and and I, you know, I hope y'all don't take this offensively. It's just a thought, um, a suggestion. But um, I, I'm listening to how y'all do y'all program, and the way it's set up, and what you said to me early just sparked something in me. I think that if, and I don't know, y'all may already be doing this, so I, I don't want to be presumptuous. It's just a thought. If you all were to have a program that was open maybe even once a month or once every three months or something like that to people who have dealt with the pain and trauma of sexual abuse, that they can call and kind of talk about what they've been through, so that they can, it sounds to me like y'all show is a lot for healing, too, just the way y'all do it. And um, I think we need this, and I don't know where else they can get this done. I think it will be a, I think y'all will be, talking, and look, I'm not sure what I'm hearing. I think this would be the ideal type of environment for people to really just get it off their chest anonymously and talk or whatever the case may be. And, you know, if you want to have somebody on or some uh, psychologist or just, Somebody who deals with it or somebody who's a survivor or whatever, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Um I definitely think that uh that's something that we should pursue because I know that it's something that needs to be done. And, you know, the more that I'm hearing the conversation, I agree that 
there are a number of things that need to be done, and we need to be vigilant, you know what I'm saying, and, and definitely have our eyes peeled in terms of radically in our community of certain elements, but we also have to balance it out. You know, we here, we in Libra, the first day of Libra, we got to provide that balance as well, because I know that there are people that have been violated that don't want to necessarily perpetuate the violation on other people, but they do need to be healed. And I know that, you know what I'm saying, open forums or, uh, you know, venues in which people can actually just tell their story and not necessarily be judged by what they have been victimized by, that's a form of healing. But that's a start, at least. You know? So, Absolutely. Um, definitely take my own advice. You know? And um, we'll talk about it a little bit more. On Sunday when we see you, I do want to um, I'm gonna take one more of these callers. All right? Yes, sir. Three five four nine. Call from the three zero three five four nine. Hey. Protect, protect. Yeah. Can I hear me? Yes, we can. This is the brother out in Colorado. Uh, actually, to touch base with you again, Red Pill, I'm in the works, oh, uh, getting in contact with some organizations to get you guys uh, out here. So that's still definitely in the works. Uh, to comment on uh, the last uh, mention that was made from the brother who said that this should be a network for people to, you know, get things off their chest. I fully, fully agree. Um, this is definitely an appropriate aura for that. Me, myself, uh, definitely was at some point in my life a victim to uh, child molestation. And from a very early age up into even my adulthood, that created a state of mind of questioning within myself of my sexual orientation not to mention that I was raised in a single-parent household from my mom and uh, definitely a lot more accustomed to feminine nature. So I just get along with women very well. And throughout my childhood and school, middle school especially, and even high school, uh, I had to struggle with other black men in particular being threatened by my connection with the woman on a on a say a verbal level and it was so bad to the point to where I had the question, you know, what's wrong with me? Why am I connecting with these women so damn much? And I only really just brought that up to say that this is this is the time <laughs> this is the time and the in the place to really make this this KTO uh, an appropriate line for people to get things off their chest and to really come to a consensus with themselves and let them know that, you know, they're not the only ones going through these types of issues. And there's been a lot of things that have been put on the air today. And, uh, I don't have a lot of time, but just wanted to touch base with you, brother, and uh, let you know I'm still in the works trying to get you all out here in, in Colorado and uh yeah, 
I just really appreciate all that y'all are doing out here, very much so. Well, uh, I definitely want to first of all say, brother, I'm, I'm very uh, honored to be talking to you. appreciate the strength. It takes a heck of a lot for a brother to be able to talk and say, hey, I've been through something like this, and to share your story because there's God knows how many brothers that's going to hear this and go, man, I never said nothing. I felt like something was wrong with me. Here goes a brother that's strong enough and brave enough to say, hey, I'm straight, I'm a man, but I, I had to question myself because of what happened to me, and I'm working over that, and that can make them say, man, I can work on this with myself too, and I'm not crazy. I'm not the only person, and one day, maybe I, one day I'll be able to get strong enough to do what that brother did. So you, what you did there sharing with us, is helping other brothers and sisters realize it's not their fault, they're not alone, and that you can survive this and keep fighting and, uh, uh, you know, get yourself together and stay strong, brother. So we appreciate you uh, uh, doing this. Oh, yeah, absolutely. No problem. Yes, indeed. You know, we um, salute your bravery, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, we, we know that that step to healing, you've taken that first step, you know what I'm saying? Or True. if steps have been made, then this is definitely, you know what I'm saying, a, a leap, a leap of bounds because now you're trailblazing. Now you set precedent for other people, like the brother said, to come forth and share their story, you know what I'm saying? And, and the healing will commence. You know, you, you've shaken off certain aspects of, you know, just keeping that uh, to yourself and, 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 the, and the weight that that must you know what I'm saying, encouraging a person by trying to hold that back. And just, you know what I'm saying? So definitely, definitely uh, salute and appreciate the fact that you step forward. And anything that we can do here to support your healing, you know, we're definitely going to do. And, you know, I'm definitely going to look forward to uh, creating that platform because, you know, the calling that has been put out, you initiated, so we got to keep it going. We got to keep it open. Indeed. All right. Absolutely. Thank you, brothers. Thank you, brothers. Wow. Gee. So, brother irritated Gene. Yes, sir. Yes, indeed, uh, I want to say thank you, and I definitely want you to see, you know, the wider uh, aspects, the wider vision of what it is that you're doing with your campaign, you know what I'm saying? Your campaign yes, is, is not only two-pronged, it's multi-pronged, and if nothing else, you know, by identifying what you've identified by a epidemic, a pandemic in the community, and by being able to signal it out and call for the justice that's necessary, like I said, you know, the balance is also now dealing with the healing from those that have been unjustly harmed, you know, by those, uh, you know, by by a, a violation. And that's how we're going to be able to balance it out. Well, brothers, I'd like to thank y'all for um, inviting us to uh, promote the event 
And, and more specifically, though, I'd like to uh, thank y'all because um, if, if we didn't take advantage of the technology that's available now and start saying, you know what, I didn't have to have any training in doing this. I didn't have to go through no, no, no white school or black school, per se, to start helping my community through radio. If we didn't take advantage, if y'all brothers wasn't doing what you were doing and so many other brothers and sisters out there doing what they're doing, this wasn't happening. Our people were not anywhere else to get this kind of healing, information, understanding, and we would remain stagnant and we would be easily pushed into genocide. But through efforts like yours, the opportunities for healing, understanding, and growth and development become possible because you're not restricted to what you can say, how you say it, and what, what change of course you can make at any time when you see, you know, what our people need. So I want to just encourage you, brother, to keep doing the great work you're doing. Keep being available so that black people that, you know, need information can get it from y'all. And, um, you know, use that to do whatever you can do to keep pushing our people forward, brothers. Indeed. Thank you, brother. We'll definitely take that and um, keep it near and dear to our hearts, you know what I'm saying, and then move forward because, you know, we definitely we both have assignments. And we're on it, and we just got to keep it moving. All right. Well, I'll see y'all brothers on the battlefield. Absolutely, brother. Peace. Peace. Hey, let me, uh, I still have the brother Lester Loving on the line. Call us in the 215. Let's hear from Lester Loving before we call it a night. All right. Our greatest esteemed. Brother Left Eleven Two One Five Six Zero Nine. Peace. Peace. Greetings. How y'all doing? Oh man, it's wonderful to hear from you, my brother. Y'all too. Absolutely, y'all too. Yes, indeed. So you. Chat through the entire episode. It was a very interesting episode. Um, you know, it started off with one segment and segued into another. Mm-hmm. Did you have any commentary that you might want to add about um anything that you heard tonight? Uh, <laughs> as always, I want to say that education, um, Talking with people about sexuality is the beginning of of any of this. Um, that's to say, there's some people who um, don't believe in talking with their children about certain things, and um, that is not necessarily the healthiest way to go about educating. People. What, what I mean, what, to, to give you an example, of what I mean is, mm-hmm. um, people. Somebody was talking. Some people were talking about um, giving kids warning signs about predatory activity and or what to look for, but without a foundational thing about what their sexual parts are and what you know. What you know. I mean, kids are. Have sexual energy from almost birth, and um, right. we need to have a very long discussion with our children about a about bunches and bunches of aspects of all of this. 
so I'm not going to comment on, on anything else. I'm just going to say that, you know, for me, everything begins with dialogue. And as I believe one of the sisters and one of the brothers said, you know, pay attention when your kids are telling you something. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, a lot of times we, you know, we, um, as parents, we don't want to think that somebody would do something harmful, but we need to hear that. We need to hear it before it happens. We need to face that reality and know that our children, first and foremost, have to feel that they can come to us and tell us anything. So that, that's 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 what I would say, you know, because it's a very long discussion, and we need to start it so we can get we can get to all the aspects. Indeed. Indeed. Now, on a lighter note, um, you will be making your way, or well, I assume that you may be in New York, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're going to be debuting your expertise at some upcoming events this Friday as well as are you going on tour with them on Sunday to the mines as well? I believe I am, yes. Absolutely. Yes, I, I mean I mean if I could comment on that. Um Yes, please it, do. It it's a well first of all, um I was asked to come on board with the this you know, with this assembly of these two wonderful crystal healers simply because um my my area of investigation is always the scientific background of any modality and ironically at the same time that they asked me to come on board and speak uh at that same time bunches of people were coming up to me and asking me is there any scientific basis for crystal healing That was the exact topic that they asked me to speak on. So I will be listening to both Sister Kafunia and Brother Rastan and backing them up just so that people know there is there is a history, uh, a scientific investigation of crystals and how they work as long as humans have been investigating anything. And I'm just going to lay out just some very basic principles you know, you know me, and you know that I always start with definitions. So we first of all can define what a crystal is, and and by its very definition, it tells us somewhat about what its functions are. And once we know what those functions are, we can then identify the different elements that make up the various crystals, and learn how we can use them, how nature uses them and how they're, they're not only good for healing, taining, stabilizing, and maintaining health. As far as I love what Ross Ben talked about when he talked about the Franklinite, because the combination of the iron, the zinc, and the manganese is um, something that is not taught in school as far as how the elements work together to maintain our health. And one of the first things that um, doctors will do is to find out what you're lacking in as far as minerals and elements. That right there is a clue as to as to what is needed. Now the the bridge. That's a good point. The, well, 
people always think it's magic somehow or they're they're educated. But in fact well we we have a long history of knowing um just looking at somebody, looking at somebody's fingers, looking at their fingernails and we can tell what elements they're lacking right. in. And yeah, at the same time, calcium. Right. Look at your eyes. Right. At the same time, and I want to make this point very clear, that we have always communicated with the elements. So it's no magic or no mystery that when someone gets sick, they knew in the old days, you know, to put that mud pack around the bee sting or... Um, to cut off the willow bark if someone had a headache because we were in an active um, conversation with these elements. And one of the reasons uh, or one of the things, one of the reasons I'll say that crystals and the new age movement is so attractive to crystals is because it has fostered our being able to start up that conversation again, you know, by wearing the crystals, by having people put them on them, or crystal patterns. Um, We're engaging in what? The oldest kingdom on the planet, okay? If you want to talk about the ancestors, the minerals and the crystals are the oldest kingdom. Okay, they are the grandfathers and grandmothers, the great-grandfathers and great-grandmothers of this planet. And one of the things that I would... One of the things that I would like to see in more of of our science textbooks is the fact that before we could have, we could have life on the what we call the earth or the land, the bacteria. The bacteria was the first thing to crawl out of the ocean, climb onto the rocks, and break the rocks down in order to make the soil so that the plants could eventually, the blue-green algae and the other plant life, could, could evolve on land. So it's, hmm. that, it, it's, that, it's that symbiotic relationship between right. the water the bacteria and the land itself that fostered a whole new growth of life on this planet. The other thing that I want to remind people of is that while everybody is so fond of talking about the fact that we're 70% water, we're 90% bacteria. Okay? And we're 90% bacteria. Okay, the human... The human DNA that everybody's so fond of pimping and pointing to um, is a minority renter in our bodies. And therefore, um, when we interact with the crystals, we're not just interacting with human DNA, we're also interacting with the bacteria. And there's many many forms of positive bacteria that exist within us. Now, if we, we speak about the water being, um, you know, its source for the water being off-planet, is the bacteria even terrestrial? You know, once again, you you guys know me. You know that um, 
You know, people always say, I'm so far out. But, you know, I have this very metaphysical habit of reading the newspaper. And in the newspaper, they they talked about how they had found amino acids that were only generated by bacteria when they went to Mars decades ago. So we know that, that you know, that, you know, um, there were two. There were two gentlemen that came up with the um, the research on DNA, and one of those gentlemen had a theory about pans, yeah, about panspermia, which he believed mm-hmm. that life on this planet was was extraterrestrial, not so much little green men or lizard people. But it was it came on asteroids and other forms, you know, comets or whatever, you know, in the form of bacteria and it landed here. So I'm not saying he's correct, I'm not saying he's incorrect. I'm just saying that the idea that there are other you know, uh that life started here from somewhere else is not a new idea and actually has been growing in the scientific community over the years. Water water as it turns out, surrounds our entire solar system. It's called the or it's called the the oot cloud. And oot cloud so imagine farther out than Pluto. Imagine a giant circle of nothing but giant chunks of ice that surround our entire solar system. That mm-hmm. is the embryo that is the embryonic fluid or to say, you know, when they say the water broke. Well that's the water from when our planet was born. So water was here before we were here. Water <laughs> out in Pluto? Mm-hmm. I mean, oh, yeah. yeah that, 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 those are the frozen climates of the, the edges of the solar system, so that is presumably where you would find the ice. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. But see, once again, once again, as much as these people talk about how they're looking for life and um all these other things um one of the one of the things that's in most science books is that water is the most prevalent molecule in the universe. Yes. I'll repeat that water is the most prevalent molecule. In the universe So therefore If water is that prevalent And I do read The Bible And in there it says That the creator Separated the upper waters from the lower waters (laughs) I'm still trying to figure out What that is all about Um, (laughs) uh, We can can know we can know that um, that the opportunity for life is abundant in our universe, and when, and and one of the things that's very very popular right now around the world is the concept of sacred geometry. Okay. I meet people all the time who you know, see me at my table, and they're like, oh, sacred geometry, sacred geometry. Is that? What does that mean? 
in sacred geometry um, are the five um, basic forms Platonic of crystal. Uh, uh, right, the Platonic solids, um, which are the five most basic forms of crystallization anywhere. You can, you know, if we if we hit that space, if we hit that spaceship where we can go faster than the speed of light and go across the universe, we find examples of nothing but these five shapes everywhere. And so, it, you know, rather than being apologetic about crystals and minerals and saying, well, it's a belief system, it's the exact opposite, that, it, you know, everywhere you find these forms um, being created. And, of course, there's, a, there's an almost infinite number of variations of these forms, but it is consistent that these five forms are out there and here and in us. And um, the other thing I want to say about the platonic solids is that even though Plato rightfully gets credit for being the first person to talk about it where somebody else wrote it down, because that's what history is when we write it down, okay, they dug, um, they, know that there, they know that there was a very advanced civilization that was surrounding Stonehenge. <laughs> and Stonehenge, they found mm-hmm. five, they found five pieces of quartz that were cut into the shape of the five platonic solids. Those stones were 2,500 years older than Plato. And we know that the Twi people or the little brothers from Africa were actually residing in Ireland and England at that time. So we know that that knowledge was at least coexistent between the African continent and the European expression. Wow. Now, I want to to repeat what I just said. The pygmies were in Ireland and England. Yeah, they call them leprechauns. Yes, right. That's right. That's exactly right. Lucky charms. So, so, um, so this this idea that crystals and or minerals are somehow far out is, as I was alluding to before, just another pushback to keep us further away from natural sources and having that conversation. Um, when they're looking for life on other planets, they don't actually have a telescope that can see anything on those planets. What they look for is the resonant signatures that are in the atmosphere that tell them what elements are actually on that planet. Yeah, you know, yeah, look at the elements. Okay, right. The Egyptians and the elements denote life. That's right. That's right. Now, when the Greeks, when the Greek guy went to Egypt, and he was asking the high priest about the gold, because let us remember that every hieroglyph on every statue, on every column, on every obelisk, on every wall had gold inlaid in it, gold, and why they use gold. He didn't talk about the abundance of gold or the fact that gold, um, it, it's by its very nature, 
amplifies and protects the aura, what he said was, gold is ancient sunlight. And mm. whereas, and whereas I thought this was a beautiful metaphor, when I was watching the science special years ago, and they talked about how the gases that formed our sun eventually coalesced and was sparked into generating light and energy in the form of solar wind and um, cosmic rays, the very first thing that happened once our sun was sparked into illumination is that the chemical reaction and the pressure of those gases formed and pushed gold to the surface of the sun where the solar wind then pushed it out into our solar system and it collected on the various planets. So, in fact, gold is ancient sunlight. Wow. And since my topic is crystals, because I'm not... I'm, and since, and since my topic I, is crystals, I'm not going to be going too deep into the pyramids or anything like that. Well, I, you know who knows? You know you know me. I'll be directed to wherever right. I'm directed to. But but what I wanted to say is one of the definitions of crystals because I'm going to give all the definitions. But one of the definitions of crystals is that all metals are crystals. So if I was to walk up to some hip-hop brother and say, yo, brother, have you been working with crystals, and he's got a big gold chain on, he's going to say no. And I'm like, you're misinformed. All hmm. metals are All crystals. metals are crystals? Mm-hmm. Wow. Can I, okay. can I add on to the comments you made about the gold as well? Yeah. I was reading yeah. an article where they said neutrinos, right? They said neutrinos are formed at the core of the sun and they take 100,000 years to get to the surface. To reach the surface, that's right. That's right. right. So that gold that you're talking about are actually neutrinos, you know what I'm saying, that have been emitted from the core of the sun, and they make it all the way, uh, you know, to the different vast um, parts of the universe. Where else, if you could surmise, where else would you say, where the planet would have the conditions to uh, house gold? All of them. All of them? All of our planets. Interesting. Oh, absolutely. So, you mean, in, 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 in different forms, on Earth it would be solid, on Mercury it would be liquid, you know, it would be, is there gaseous gold that's <laughs> on Jupiter? You know what I'm saying? Well, see, once again, that's a that you know, science is not about science is not about what we know. Science is sitting down and saying we don't know. Let's go look. Okay. Right. So, for example, the gaseous planets, Jupiter and Saturn. Saturn. Right. Okay. Um, Uranus. In, yep. In in mm -hmm. their core, like uh, our core is supposedly, and in the core, the core of the gaseous giants is a form of ice, okay, that mm -hmm. because they are so big and the pressure is so tremendous 
that ice is approximately 4,000 degrees, and if you were to approach it, it would vaporize you because it's so hot. So I'm saying that to say that ice that can ice that can that can literally melt you. Um, if if we're looking at that, then we really have to be open mm-hmm. as to the various forms that these metals can take under those conditions. Right. The other thing I want to the other thing I want to point out is the word aura. Okay, the word aura. Aura has the root of A U R A. Okay, A U is gold, right? Right. And what's Ra? Sun. There you go. <laughs> and oh, and get <laughs> another one, bro. So, so when we watch those old movies, you know, I hope that people still watch old movies, and you see the kings of, you know, all these ancient civilizations, and they're walking down the street, and they got an umbrella, and somebody's holding an umbrella over them, but they're sprinkling gold in front of them because they want gold to be in their aura. There's a, there's a direct connection. I see it. I see so, it. You know what I'm saying? And so, that's that's what compelled me. I told the family earlier about my story, my testimony. If I ever get a chance to tell it enough about me being under your tutelage some 15, 10, 12, 13, however many years ago, mm-hmm. when you teaching me about the science of water, and I was right. like, damn, I want to make gold water. Mm-hmm. And I ended up doing that shit. Yeah. <laughs> You know, because I'm like, I want to infuse that 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 gold. And you was teaching us about water. And you were teaching us about gold. You know, um, I was like, okay, should be able to marry the two. So, yeah, these and these lessons that you're giving tonight about the gold as well as giving me new ideas. So, you know, we we can. Sit on the phone with you forever. We definitely gonna have to bring you back. You know what I'm saying to do a yeah. full program, and, and you know we have a lot of young scientists that listen to this program and have come on this program. I'm, I'm calling forth all of them, and uh, they just have to do something very large, and very expensive. I'm even I'm I might not even broadcast Friday. I'm gonna come out and see you in Brooklyn. You know I would saying? love it, and um, once again. Um, next year will be my 40th year of studying crystals and crystallized forms. So um, it's about time that I that I had something personal that people can carry around with them that involves crystals that energizes their aura. That you will see that on Friday when you come to the lecture and anybody else that comes as well. Amen. So, so, yeah, and so and it won't just be see in the sense of look at and not understand. You can feel this field uh, around your body. It can be measured with um, magnetometers and other voltmeters. And um, there's so much that we have yet to use crystals for, and ironically, that our ancestors used thousands of years ago. That it's time that we get the little ones started 
on investigating this so that um, when we have a changeover of um, from from the way that we run things now to whatever the new systems are, that they have a mm-hmm. much different way of generating energy and keeping us clean and healthy. Absolutely. Definitely look forward to it. You know what I'm saying? Yep. I want to definitely thank you for everything that you've given in a short amount of time tonight. And, you know, the monumental things that you've given across those 39 years of your diligent research and your contributions to humanity by teaching, by inspiring, you know what I'm saying, and by researching, and just even by thinking, by putting those thoughts into the atmosphere, people have benefited from them. You well, know, thank you. Thank you. You were talking thank about alkaline water and showing us right. how to alkalize our water mm-hmm. with quartz crystals, copper, mm-hmm. before some dude came from Japan with a Kansas machine. So, right, you know, right. In Dr. Emoto. Yeah. We, we bear witness. You know what I'm saying? All right. All right, you brothers. Um, well, y'all take y'all take very much care of yourselves and everybody else, and you're doing a wonderful job with you know spreading the word. And, um, you know, people need to be heard. People need to be heard. As far as this sexual trauma that's going on, those people need to be heard, too. Oh, absolutely. And we're going to give them a platform. That's right. That's exactly right. Okay. All right, my brothers, you have a good evening. Absolutely. And I'll see, you, I'll see you on the Friday. I'll see you Friday. Peace. All right. Peace. All right, family, thank you for joining us on tonight's episode. All right, we will be back. I don't know if we'll be back Friday, but we might play something in the archive. But um, we'll definitely be back at some point, as you know, of course, sponsored by kingscounty.bigcartel.com. Feel free to make a contribution, all right, to keep this machine pushing forward. Pmorpheus at gmail.com, that's the PayPal address, P-M-O-O-R. P-H-E-U-S at gmail.com if you want to contact us. Kate Hill Empowerment at Gmail. Bright family. Love you. See you Friday. See you Sunday. You know. Uh tell a friend and tell a friend about this episode. It's a very special episode. And uh, you know what I'm saying? It needs to be shared. It needs to uh the word needs to get out with the healing has begun. All right. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your support. Peace.